0: Hey there. Welcome to The Breview, the Instagram live podcast where kendama news and culture is shared over the warmth of coffee. My name is Adam, but my followers know me as Cafe Kendama on Instagram. In the past 5 years of playing kendama, I've met quite a few amazing individuals, and I'm excited to introduce you to some of them. In this show, you'll hear their stories, the behind the scenes of kendama companies, and what goes on in the minds of some of the world's best kendama players. Because kendama is more than just a ball in a cup. So make sure your cup is full, and let's dive into this week's brew view. Good morning, and welcome to The brew View, the Instagram Live podcast where Kendama news, culture, and stories are shared over the warmth of coffee. I'm your host, Adam, and today I am joined by who I like to call the New York soul of Kendama. Mr. Austin Donovan. Austin Donovan is a kentai sensei. He is a distributor for sweets kendamas and the collector of kendama history. Seriously, this guy's knowledge goes super, super deep. He recently did an episode with the Dominards podcast diving into the history of kendama as well as diving into the statistical analysis of the KWC tricks from years prior. Uh, the guy is a depth of knowledge. Seriously excited for this episode to dive into his story, get to know him a little bit better, Learn more about the New York Kanama scene and the Beast Coast squad, and really just have a celebratory conversation over the warmth of coffee about Kanama and its history and its modern wave here today. Uh, while we get ready to dive in, you guys know, as always, I like to take some time every week to ask you guys, what are you drinking this morning? And during that time, I like to give you guys a couple of announcements, a couple of updates, and I got a few that are really special today to talk about. So why don't you guys let me know down in the comments what you're drinking today, and while you do that, let me tell you a couple things. One, today's a very special day. Today is the 12th of June, which also happens to be one of my favorite people in the kendama community's birthdays today, Mr. Chad Covington, co-owner and co-founder of Soul Kendamas. I think the man is still asleep. I sent him a text this morning wishing him a happy birthday, and I think everybody else should too because that guy puts on for kendama. So go show Chad some love today on his birthday. And if you're listening to this after the fact, go drop him a belated happy birthday as well. Uh, along with that, there is also some really exciting news regarding The review that I'm very happy about. Uh, but before I say that, let me say another thank you to Chad and Shelton. They took over The review last week, giving me a week off. I haven't had a week off from The Breview in almost a full year. We've been rocking on this show now for 54 episodes. We've got 54 episodes of the review. We've been rocking it for just over a year and it's absolutely insane to see the journey of this show take place. With that said, I I wanna say something that I'm very excited about and I hope you guys are as well. For a long time I've been saying I don't really wanna get a sponsorship on this channel. I don't really wanna have a sponsorship for the show in particular and especially not from a economic company. I try to keep the show pretty brand neutral. I you know, I have my brands that I really like, but I try to keep the, the show here itself unsponsored and, and generally unbiased. You know, It probably slips out here and there. You guys probably know what I like and don't like as much, but I have always said that it would be fantastic to partner with a coffee company I truly love because as you know, the show is centered around the warmth of coffee and the conversations that coffee helps to instill and cultivate. And so back in October, I had ordered coffee from a a roaster down in Arkansas called Onyx Coffee Lab. And shortly after that, uh, one of my best friends, Kareem, who you guys know as Peaches and Kareem, had purchased me for my birthday a huge variety pack from them. So I had gotten a chance to try close to like 16 different coffees from them over the past little bit. And I wanted to pose the question, what would it look like to bring on a coffee partner for the show? Uh, someone that I can point people to as a great resource that has worldwide shipping, low cost, but high ethics and sustainability and makes dang good coffee to partner with. So I had started doing some research and Onyx Coffee Lab was at the top of my list. And I I was pretty humbled because I reached out to them and I said, hey, uh, would it be possible to, to work with you guys on the podcast? We do X amount of downloads, blah, 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 all that stuff. And sure enough, Being at the top of my list, I didn't expect anything. They're a huge company, but they got back to me and they said that would be amazing to work with you. And so they hooked it up with a special BrewView discount code that you can use to save on their coffees. And as a full disclosure, I don't receive any financial compensation for you using that code, it just saves you some money. I do receive free coffee though, if a lot of people use the code or check out the link in my bio. So I do get rewarded in coffee, which is more than reward enough for me at this point in my life. So if you wanna save on what I think is some of the best coffee out there, it's American roasted for all you Americans that tune in. They're based in Arkansas and they have incredible sustainability efforts. Uh, I really do believe in them a lot and I'm gonna be doing some full reviews of them. And I hope if you guys are cool with it, to bring on someone from their team or from their staff or one of their co-founders onto the review for a podcast where we talk all about just coffee for an episode. I know that that might be a little weird for our audience, but I wanna know your feedback and if that's something you would be interested in. If it is, head to the show notes or leave a comment after the episode or go to the YouTube channel or DM me directly and let me know if that's something you think would be an interesting episode, to have someone from the coffee community on the show to chat about coffee. So all that to say, uh, if you want to save on what I think is some great coffee, head to onyxcoffeelab.com and use the code brewview 10 or head to my link in bio and click the link. Uh, for every click link, I get a couple points towards getting free coffee or merch or whatever it is, uh, and you save money on coffee. So uh, go check it out. Today, I am drinking their Ecuadorian coffee because I had bought a, a variety pack from them. I pay full price for their coffee too, uh, unless I get people that refer. All that to say thank you onyx coffee lab for being our first supporter of the show alongside aeropress they sponsored the big giveaway Uh, all right guys one more thing and then let me read some of your chat and then let's get austin on here and dive into this week's episode of the brew view i want to remind you guys that this is a live conversation and you have the opportunity to participate and engage in it yourselves this is why we do this on ig live you can drop your questions down in that little q a tool at the bottom this is the best way for you to participate in this conversation if you're not a Patreon member. Patreon do get those early questions, they get that behind the scenes access and all that good stuff. If you want priority questions, sign up for the Patreon. Otherwise, you can still show up and ask your questions here or on the post. So leave them there for Austin, we will dive into them and let's see what you guys are drinking this morning. We got Kendama Jinchariki drinking some water. He's stuck at work on a triple. Oh my gosh. We got Kendama walking to the Poppy store for some free coffee with breakfast. Kalodama is drinking Aeropress coffee in his Kendama latte mug. Kalodama was the winner of the big anniversary brew view. Congratulations. And I'm so happy that a fan of the show is the one that ended up winning that package. And they sent me videos and genuinely so excited that they got the package. It is awesome to see that. Uh, We got Archangel Dama with the iced coffee with a splash of vanilla and cinnamon. Absolutely. We got some happy birthdays for Chad in the chat and so much more. We got people heading to go get their coffee right now and Kale Lindsay in the Yerba gang with Spiffy drinking that tea leaf coffee. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. Let's get our friend Austin on here and dive into this week's review together. Gonna take a sip of my water. My mouth is already parched. Austin, oh, freaking what's up, Donovan?
1: Can you hear me? How do I sound? How my levels? Do I look pretty? What's up,
0: dude? Ten out of ten. Voice is on par.
1: Mm, thank Rocking
0: you. It. I love it. Look at that New York, New York ad. The Yankees. Always. How are they doing this year?
1: Eh, not too hot. Not too hot. <laughs> judging, judging, carrying them or what? I mean, you can't really carry in baseball, you know. But even yeah. then, I mean, no, no the team. It's it's looking like one of those where they go out there and they they're not enjoying themselves right now. But uh, you I don't know, think long, anyone in the sports season, industry
0: is really enjoying themselves this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, baseball's getting a little back to it. Some of the stadiums are starting to fill up at certain places, and uh, you know, it's a big difference from last year when last year there was nobody in the stadiums. It just sounded weird, virtual crowd, virtual all that. But uh, <laughs> did they put? Yeah,
0: At the the Yankee Stadium, did they put up cardboard cutouts of people in the audience to make it look like there were people there? I know some stadiums. I believe they
1: did in certain sections. I don't know if they did the the whole (laughs) stadium, but yeah, that was that was a thing that was that definitely happened. That I thought was quite (laughs) comical. I saw some places like Randy Marsh was in a crowd somewhere in the Denver Broncos (laughs) Stadium. That's awesome.
0: Are you allowed to live in New York and not like the Yankees? Like how how taboo would it be for you to not be a Yankees fan? I mean.
1: So, it's actually funny. Like, So, my dad uh, was raised in a predominantly diehard Mets fan. Okay. uh, Mets family in the 80s. And the Mets were very dominant in the 80s. The Yankees were not at all. And he was like, oh, I'm going to go against the family. I'm going to be the Yankee (laughs) fan. So, he was like that guy. And then, like, the 90s came along. Yankees were amazing. And, I mean, they have a long legacy, too. But, I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't baseball fans or there's Mets fans or, you know, you got the stragglers that like like their other teams or whatever. But it's not like – You got to be a Yankee fan. But if you're in the Bronx, you got to be a Yankee fan. I'll say that. Okay, so if you're in the Bronx, you have to be a Yankee fan. I I do know people in the Bronx that aren't (laughs) Yankee fans, but yeah. I
0: I definitely, like, if I were to pick a baseball team, it would be the Yankees. And, you know, that people are like, oh, it's the Yankees. They're easy cop-out pick. No, for me, I genuinely was influenced. When I was a kid growing up, I have a sister who's, like, eight years older than me. She's in her mid-30s. She's got a family now. And but growing up, she was she was weird for her age. You know, most most teenage girls have pictures of these guys and like no shirts, abs and stuff. But she has pictures of old dead baseball players from the Yankees (laughs) up on her wall in her room. There you go. Uh, One of her best friends grew up in a very baseball heavy family. And so through that influence, you know, I fell in love with the old school Yankees, Mickey Mantle, you name it. Mm. And I was like, ah, okay, they got a legacy. This is like a story that you can participate in that's hey mickey up. mantle right there look at that i bet you that's the same photo but i think my sister had like a scaled out poster of it uh, in her room she had like literally everyone from that era in her room in some capacity and so i was Love just it. genuinely influenced by her to be a yankees fan. i didn't know really any other teams growing up so i just kind of picked well them. hey there you go welcome to the family so, yankees let's go <laughs> Hey, uh, oh, Austin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for joining the Brewview. To, uh, thank to you share for having me. What I think is a cup of coffee. I know you posted on your story, you're brewing something. So I, I got to know, what are you brewing today?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm not much of a coffee drinker, <laughs> but uh, I did bring the K-cup with me to prepare for this answer. We have Cafe Escapes brand, Cafe Vanilla. Pretty basic. Okay. But uh, it, is, it is coffee. It is caffeinated. And we're here okay. on the Brewview, baby.
0: Hey, we're here. We're here with our coffee. our oh, hey, coffee. Absolutely... <laughs> with Drinking coffee. water and
1: coffee over here.
0: Water and coffee. Uh, yeah, how do you say, okay, can you can you tell me the city that you're from? I just want to hear it from your lips.
1: <clears throat> so I'm actually not from a city. Everybody believes that I'm from New York City. Even Chad, I'll be up in Battle at the Border, and coming in from New York City, we have Austin <laughs> Donovan. I'll be like, hey, whatever. Uh, I'm actually from Long Island, though. I live on the North Shore okay. of Long Island. So I'm about an hour and a half, two hours from the city, depending on traffic. But uh, I do spend a lot of my time in the cities, Not not as much recently, obviously. But uh, I'd say before COVID hit, I would probably in the city like once or twice a week, yeah. just doing, you know, whatever. So I do spend a lot of time there. But yeah, I'm from Long Island, been here my yeah. whole life,
0: except for my four years in Albany in college. So yeah, born and raised Long Island? Yeah. Okay, so I feel like that's pretty typical of people in New York. I feel like when I hear of people from that New York area, it's like, you're born there, you stay there, your identity is New York and that, that vicinity. It's like, you don't leave that. Yeah. I don't I, I don't mean yeah, there's, there's people that do but I feel like there's a big cult identity it's like you born raised you live you thrive you die in that spot
1: yeah it's like New Yorkers are like a different breed of people you know it's like oh they yeah got they're the, a like, different
0: kind of American
1: yeah it's uh I'm a big fan of it I love it uh one thing I can say too is like when I finished college I had this plan of like moving all over kind of like live here for two years live there for two years kind of like bounce around and then by the time I get like to my 30s or whatever I could be like all right I like that spot I want to settle there But uh, as I started to travel more with Kendama, I was like, wow, like, I don't want to leave New York. Like, I like traveling and like going all the other places. And, you know, I love seeing all the different, you know, areas and whatever. But like, yeah, I just I feel like it's it's going to be hard for me if I ever do leave New York because it's just it's home. It's just the atmosphere, the the New York attitude. I just I love it all, you know.
0: What, what what do you think it is about New York that's so captivating for you? Like, if you could boil it down into, like, here's here's what I really love about the city or that, that area. Um, when I say New York, I kind of mean that Long Island, you know, you name it. Yeah, but, yeah. No, I, I feel like it's just, like, you know, like, people speak their minds.
1: People aren't afraid to, like, say what's on their mind in New York. And it's, like, I feel like it's just a lot easier way to go about it. Um, One thing I always say, too, which may not be, like... Uh, I guess a, a positive thing but like you, you grow up in it and you learn to like become it but like I always say like uh, when like if you're in another state like you're from wherever you're from you meet somebody they're a good person until proven not to be but like from around here in New York it's like you are you are you are a total douchebag until proven to be a good person you know everybody's like you gotta dirt. earn that like I'm at the gas station put my gas somebody waves to me and it's not like hello it's like who is that you know and that's just like the normal reaction it's, it's i i wouldn't like fit in i don't thing, think i'd fit in like, new york <laughs> it's it's very different like going places and like having the counter clerk like be friendly and talk to me it's like nice okay Did, does
0: that does that mess with you a bit when you travel and people are like genuinely um, just nice to you at, at first encounter
1: i'm not not too much you know i mean it's it, it definitely you definitely notice it uh, I'll say in Japan we definitely stood out. I see Andy in here. We definitely stood out, like talking loud, like just our voices, like we would just be talking <laughs> to each other, just like walking around the streets, and Japanese people would be looking at us because we're just so loud. You know, we're just naturally loud. That's hilarious,
0: dude. You wouldn't fit in, in Canada at all. Everybody here, oh, no, I got everybody <laughs> here's nice in, until you until you meet them behind behind closed doors. It's like yes, everybody here is super passive aggressive. They're like oh hey you're such a nice person and then like they they chat with their friends about you behind their back and they're like i don't like that person
1: (laughs) we're like aggressive aggressive and i think it 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 causes for good
0: interaction (laughs) i like that though i think that's cool and and you know what though like new york is super interesting because so much culture breeds out of new york and then travels Mm -hmm. around the world like new york is where comedy was really built out of and that like aggressive like let's just say it how it is make jokes whatever which is now like probably a little polarizing now the whole like Mm -hmm. comedy world is kind of on the fringe because they say things that the rest of the public doesn't necessarily always agree with or love but that's where it was really birthed out of uh, was New York those comedy clubs where that was the culture that grew up there it's fascinating to me to see that and New York obviously is like showbiz everything like New York literally is everything everything. it's Mm -hmm. like all of America in one little pot in one little section I've never been there but this is just my perception my understanding of it
1: yeah, I mean, there's absolutely a little bit of everything going on, even in, like, different, like, n- little neighborhoods and all the different boroughs or whatever. You could, there's not anything that you won't be able to find in New York, you know?
0: Yeah, that's super fascinating. Okay, uh, two more questions before we really get into the conversation. I always like to ask three kind of little warm-up questions, set the baseline. I ask these to everybody that comes on here. So question number two, if you could teach any one person their first bike, either past or present, who would it be? Ooh. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Colin Sander.
1: Because Colin Sander, <laughs> according to me, is the reason we are all playing kendama. And if I could have been the one to teach that man his first spike, that would <laughs> Then have been you the one. would be the reason that we're all playing
0: kendama. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Do you think that if Colin Sander hadn't been the one, do you think someone else would have came in and done it?
1: I do. I do. Because I think, like, even Matt Sweets himself found it separately from Colin, but actually found it the exact same way as him. Mm-hmm. And then found love for it. So there there were other people that absolutely found it other ways that didn't find it, like, through his videos or through his little mm-hmm. web that he created. But uh, it, I, it's it's, it's weird, you know, because, like, when I first started playing, his videos were, like, what got me going, you know. And then, like, he, mm-hmm. he inspired, like, Zach Yord to make videos and a couple other people to make videos. So I don't know how soon it would have picked up. And, yeah. you know, around that 2008, 2010 time, I don't know if it would have picked up the same, but I, I think it definitely would have caught a little wave. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know where we would be, but yeah, I
0: think we would still be making waves, doing stuff yeah. with Kandama here in America. Do you, th- do you think that there'd be any significant differences today if Colin Sander hadn't played and it mm. was picked up by someone else? Do you think the game itself would be different?
1: I definitely think it could have been. I mean, I feel like Colin Sander was a great person to be like the godfather of Kendama. You know, he was just like... Just a great person, great energy, good person to watch, very genuine. Um, I've met him a couple of times and had great experiences with him every time. And, you know, there there are people that are not like that. I think if, uh, you know, somebody, Kendama gets into a, a bad person's hands for the first time and they start, you know, blowing it up, it could bring a wrong crowd. But um, we were, Kendama's built off very, you know, very underground, very community, very loving, very family. So, like, from that, we still have that, even as big as mm-hmm. we've gotten, we still have that because that was our core that we came from. And, you know, you could yeah. kind of like link that to the
0: original players, you know? Yeah, I think so. And and is interesting like that because there's still there is like a wider network or web of Kendama. But now it's like, OK, now you have your little local communities that are embodying their own cultures and they're participating in that legacy of that small family like ideal and mentality. And I yeah. think that is beginning to shift, especially as we've grown <clears throat> and as we've scaled to doing more online competitions where it isn't so much about gathering in a place. It's all about like gathering online and it is a different way of gathering and it does have different cultural differences. So I'm really curious to see what the next two years look like for the Kodama yeah. community and how the culture changes because the process has changed. It's no longer about traveling to an event to meet everybody. It's, oh, let's all log in online and compete without actually knowing the person that I'm, I'm playing against.
1: Yeah. It, and it's different. The- and even besides that, when we do get back to regular events, I don't think any of us are prepared for like the influx of players that are going to be there. <laughs> Cause like, I, it, like if I had to actually put a guess, I would probably say like double, triple Kendama, you know, Kandama yeah. has doubled or tripled in the past, like
0: two years, you know? And, and with a whole new set of players, like the new influx yeah. of players that came in in 2020 from covid and quarantine and all that mm-hmm. is insane like there's a whole new breed of players that came into the game that picked it up adopted it and they have their own different culture from you and I that have been playing for you know 6 7 plus years there's a totally dis- there there is a disconnect whether or not we recognize it between today's generation and what was the old generation between how we got into Kendama and the way that we approach it. It's very different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially for the way that when, say for me, example, when I found Kendama, I was learning JKA. You know, I was sitting there holding a lighthouse for three seconds, not going to spike. You know, I was playing like that. And now it's just like a completely different 180, like do whatever you want, which I'm absolutely all for. But it's just very different worlds, like entering the Kendama scene now and 10 years ago. And definitely curious to see what that turns
0: into as well. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll probably get into that a little bit because I kind of want to poke at, poke at that a little bit because I think you're kind of the guy to think about that. Uh, you know, what I've led into this whole conversation about was you, you really are a collector of Kendama history or knowledge. You have this depth of, of you know, really just knowledge about the game, its journey, the people involved in it while playing such an integral role in the space as well. You've, you really know everybody. Uh, anybody who is anybody in Kendama also knows you. And one of the things I was saying to people is like, if you don't know uh, Austin Donovan, do you really know Kendama? Because this guy knows Kendama. <laughs> uh, and so I'm excited to really get into that conversation with you. But before we do, I wanted to ask one more question before we really dive in here. Uh, this is one of my favorite questions I, I, we ask to everyone is, who is the most inspiring player in the Kendama community to you today? Ooh. Not of all time, but like in this moment right now. In
1: this moment right now. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I might, honestly, this this might be biased because he's also one of my favorite people right now in Kendama and, uh, but Kelvin Wong is definitely one of my favorite people that I watch play and like, look, kind of look up to now, which is kind of funny because he, he would probably say the same thing about me, too. We, uh, we, have, a, we have a little close relationship. Ken YC claims Kelvin, by the way. but, uh,
0: but yeah, <laughs> Vegas I doesn't just, have him?
1: <laughs> I, I love Kelvin's style of play, the, the one-trick bangers, one-trick tech, simple, you know, one-and-done, no combos. And I also I respect incredibly highly the way he competes because that's mm. something I don't see enough and it's something where, like, competitive Kendama is still very friendly. And it's we still haven't broken that, like, ultimate competitive, like, level where, like, we have, like, rivals and people getting heated on stage. But, like, Kelvin, what, what he does, it's, like, it's almost not, like, necessarily moving towards that, but moving towards, like, a more competitive outlook on competing. Because, like, even me, when I go to compete in Kendama, like, I'm more focused on just kind of having fun, which, you know, isn't a bad mm-hmm. thing. But I do think as the future comes by, that could be something we get into more. But like competition will become more of competing, you know? Yeah. And, and he, I think he's like right. a, Sorry, a big like purveyor of that, you know? And like definitely a big influence. And people see that and definitely like normalizing. Like, all right, he's honing right now. Like he wants to win this right now, you know? Like it, it's, you don't always see that until you get to like the final semifinals. But usually mm-hmm. when you're watching matches, they're just like, it just looks like two friends playing Kendama. But like Kelvin Wong, you watch him play every single match and you're like that kid wants to win this match that kid is determined and yeah. i love that
0: yeah i remember talking to him about it uh when he was on the preview a couple weeks back And his process as he approaches every trick it's like he's created a pattern for him and he's like thought about it it's not it's a very yeah. intentional yeah and, and like you said like he's gearing up to win the point to win the match he's planning everything and it is mm-hmm. a calculated game for him and it's fascinating yeah, to see his brain work that way And I I think you're right, though. We will see more of that in the future, especially with this new influx of players that I think are more competitive minded than the past generation of players, because the past generation, it wasn't about competition. We went to these events to meet our friends and to play Kanava. We didn't go there to be like, oh, I need to go kick this guy's butt in this game of Ken or I need to beat this guy and win this call. That was always like the added bonus. And sure, there Mm -hmm. were a few people that definitely wanted to win those events and were very geared towards doing that but there was definitely more of an emphasis on gathering and playing but i think the new generation that's playing is more geared towards i need to win i need yeah. to play and, and beat this guy in practice and sesh we'll we'll definitely see how that plays
1: out as we see the new players coming in because if we cuz we definitely might see a lot of these newer players in open as well with the past like year and a half of them grinding but uh, i mean you know people get into Ganama for number of different reasons and as more people get into kendama more people will also get into kandama for the competition aspect and that's you know what mm-hmm. what they like out of it so we'll definitely yeah it'll definitely grow and i'm excited for that
0: yeah absolutely okay we'll catch up to that conversation but take me back in time though i want to know where you got into kendama you you have now garnered so much history of kendama in your brain but where did that all begin for you where did you first encounter it
1: all right so uh Freshman year of high school, it was like probably the first week or two of high school. And uh, this was 2008 and um, September of 2008. And uh, these these skater kids that I was friends with in my high school, uh, I guess found kendama at skate parks over the summer. And they had brought them into school on the first week or two. And um, they were more... This was also ninth grade, so a little earlier. But they were like the skater kids, kind of like the junkie kids. They like A handful of them ended up dropping out. You know, they weren't like the brightest batch of kids, you know. So, mm-hmm. again, like, for that aspect, maybe that was one of the reasons why Kandama didn't catch fire in my school. Because they weren't, you know, the most liked people. Um, right. I was very friendly with pretty much everybody in high school, though. But, uh, yeah, so one day in my art class, my friend Justin Jones has a kendama out and he's playing it and literally has a line of like 10 people. None of us are doing our, our a line <laughs> of 10 people all waiting in single file line to attempt big cup. And he kept doing it with everybody like hey, you got the big cup. All right, next. And like was getting everybody to do the big cup, you know, teaching everybody. And i was sitting there i was like man that thing is stupid like why like they're waiting <laughs> online to do a big cup like and i wanted nothing to do with it absolutely nothing to do with it um i get home from school that day and my best friend at the time who was still my best friend anthony cerrico uh he calls me and he's like yo austin did you see justin and connor with these kendama things did you see those kendamas and i was like yeah like w- what about him he was like dude did you try him that's so much fun we need to get him right now I was like, I don't like, I didn't even try it. I had no desire. I was like, I wanted nothing to do with it. Eventually, he spent the next 30 minutes on the phone convincing me why I needed a Kendama. But basically because he wanted one and he needed somebody to play with. Mm -hmm. So he successfully convinced me. And then literally that day he came over and we started watching YouTube videos typing in Kendama. And at the time it was, you know, just, I think I literally remember there being less than 20 videos on YouTube when you typed in Kendama. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, two of them. And, and probably thinking, 19 of them are
0: Colin Sanders.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I think three. I think he had three edits out at the time. Okay, yeah, edits, yeah. One, two, and three out at the time. And those edits were like, this is, he's God. We are in love with this man within. So yeah, <laughs> I went from like Die Hard, like I am not playing with that thing, to phone call 30 minutes within an hour, all hail Colin Sanders, before I even touched a Kendama. Wow.
0: Well, that's, that's really interesting. So you never even touched it before. You were already in love with it without even playing it. Yeah, so I, I fell in love. So, yeah, he called me on the phone and
1: convinced me, started watching YouTube videos, and that's when I fell in love with it, before I ever even touched with one, touched it. Interesting. So, okay,
0: so then when did you touch one for the first time? This is so such I, I, <laughs> this I ordered, a weird yeah, I, 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 So When did you
1: touch the first Kandama? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: uh, but, yeah, so that, that day, we obviously ordered Kandamas off of a website that no longer exists. If anybody but, re- remembers this website, I respect you heavily. com. No, no. Uh, I don't
0: know it.
1: Yeah, and you used to be able to buy Mugans off of there, which I did not do. I was around when I could have bought $20 Mugans, and I didn't. Oh. But hey, but uh, yeah, ordered them from Kandamaspot.com. I got a red TK-16. He got a blue TK-16. We both got them on the same day, shipped to our house, got home from school, got our packages, drove over to his house, played Kandama for eight hours straight, did that for like the next week, you know, and the rest was history.
0: That's crazy. That's super cool. So playing on a TK-16, you picked it up. You were in high school at the time. How? If you don't mind me asking, how old are you now, Austin? Right now I'm 26. 26, okay, so we're, we're on the same age. I was like trying to, I was trying to picture like when this was because for, for some reason yeah. I had it in my mind that you've been around in Kendama for a long time and I, I didn't pick up Kendama until I was in college and I just assumed that every, everyone who had been playing longer than me was like significantly older than me and I thought I was this young guy just participating and then it turns out I'm like the same age as all of these same guys have been picking it up because that's really when yeah. it hit was in 2008, mm-hmm. 2009. I it just never touched my high school because I went to a high school that was like a hick school. There were people that were ranchers, they had cattle, they had big trucks, they could care less about a wooden ball and a cup and it would never have touched my school. Yeah. Y- you, you could try but it would never make it through. And so I never learned about kendama until I was already in college and someone introduced it to me in, in that world. So I, I just found it late in life and I'm disappointed. But yeah i had it
1: uh so next year uh not this upcoming september but the next september will officially be i've been playing Kandama for half of my life really yeah which is that's pretty cool. that's crazy <laughs>
0: that's crazy you've been playing for what so that that would be what 13
1: i'll be at 13 years this this september i'll be at 13 years
0: dang i'll be at that's 13 crazy. years
1: 27 years old and then the next year i'll be at 14 years 20 years 28 years old
0: that's crazy. Okay, so what, what was that early season like for you then? In you picking up Kendama in its infancy, like truly in its infancy, there was hardly anything happening in Kendama. There weren't events. There weren't really... Yeah, there, there wasn't... nothing. Kendama didn't exist at that point. It, yeah. it was just a few people playing ball in a cup at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what was that like for you in that early stage? And where did it begin to ramp up and pick up pace? Um. So, I mean... It it really was just like just grinding
1: like cups and like basic stuff. You know, we were you know, there were videos online and there was you know, any video that was online, you'd comment it on, on YouTube or whatever, you know. And so like I'd comment on Colin Sander videos, he'd comment on this and there, you know, there was like a very small community of people on the Internet that did Kendama that spoke English and uh, we all communicated with each other. Uh, Colin Sanders, Zach Yord, uh, Alex Roish, Christian Frazier, some that are still around or might be names that are mm-hmm. still around. Sweets came in later. But um, yeah, I mean, Kandama for me was we, we were grinding JKA stuff, you know, sitting there doing lighthouses. I remember, too, it took me like a year and a half to do a Lunar, like different times. Like I always tell people nowadays, like, oh, yeah, like you're if you were this good 10 years ago, you'd be hands down the best in the world. You know, like if you were able to yeah. do a Lunar flip when I started playing, you were hands down the best Kandama player in the world, you know. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, videos kept being made by people started popping up more, you know, uh, and then. You know, I don't. I don't remember exactly what it was. I mean, I feel like Jake Ween's finding Kandama was a huge part of it because he he even hosted the first battle, first competition in his backyard Kandoppler radar, uh, and he. I mean, we all know what Ween's does, and he's been doing mm-hmm. it since he found Kandama, and that's that's been huge. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was it was definitely a slow ushering in of like community and events and like really community building, I guess you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So when when did you go to your first event? What, my was my first that pretty event, soon? No, it was actually very late.
1: Um my first event was actually 2015 MKO. So oh, I had dang. gone a very long time. That was time, years. Yeah. So I had gone a very long time without going to any events, without meeting anybody, but like I was in the know with like the scene, you know, so like I had known like Sweets and all the guys on the Sweets team, just been, like talking to them and being a part of the community for so long. But yeah, I had never actually met anybody. Actually um The first time I ever met another Kendama player that wasn't like one of my friends that I got into it was seven years into my journey. Uh, Bonds was in New York city doing like a TV show, like some Japanese TV show. And he posted a flyer like, Oh, Kendama jam in times square. And I hit him up and I was like, yo, you're hosting a Kendama jam in times square. Like people are going like, he's like, I don't know. I I just assume there's gotta be somebody in in New York. And I was like, yeah, do it. Like I'll be there. And I went pulled up, Mm -hmm. met Bonds. And that's where I also met the, the Ken YC guys. And, uh, was that was, that a, was that a shock to, to you?
0: When, oh, yeah. when you absolutely. showed up to that, that there were absolutely other a in shock city. That,
1: that there were other people in New York that lived somewhat near me that knew what Kendama was and like enough to be like doing more than like a big cup, you know? Mm-hmm. It was absolutely mind blowing meeting those people and I'm definitely still friends with most of those people today.
0: That's interesting because i think today now it's like we we have so much access to the Kendama community and generally you probably know most of the people because of you know instagram you can hashtag search your city in Kendama and you can find yeah. the people near me i did that when i moved to calgary i was like i need to find out everybody that lives here so i i knew that jared porter was in the community so i reached out to him and i like quickly found the network of kandama within calgary and i like quickly yeah. integrated but had I been playing Kandama in your era, that wouldn't have been the case. It's like there was no way to find people. You just had to be outside playing Kandama and have that buddy walk by you and be like, yo, you play you play ball in the cup too? You play Kandama? Yeah. Or have a guy like Bond show up to your city and be like, hey, we're, we're hosting an event. Come on out. And then you look over and you're like, wait, you live two blocks from me and you also play this? Yeah.
1: That's such
0: a surreal experience.
1: Yeah, and then I started, I linked with all those guys. And then soon after that, they hosted the first ever Beast of the East. I went to that. You know, hung out with them in Jersey, hung out with them more. And then uh, that's also where I met Ryan Walker, former owner of Atlantic Kandamas. And yeah, yeah, he was going to MKO. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to MKO. I don't have anybody in my room. Like, if you want to come, like, just hop in my room because, you know, I was a college kid in the time, broke. Couldn't afford anything. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just can't afford to go. And he was like, oh, well, if you, you know, you don't have to just hop in my hotel. Would you come? And I was like, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. <laughs> and it, it didn't take much thinking. And I sent it. And it was after I went to that first event, it was game over. Yeah, it was absolute game over.
0: So MK was your first one. And then it was Beast of the East. No, well, so
1: Beast of the East was technically my first event. But that was a very small event hosted in Jersey. Probably only like 20, people. 30 people. Um, anybody, everybody there was like very very fresh like i remember getting there and and like not like i don't want to be like 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 egotistical but like i was very stand out there like you know everybody was still learning cups learning spikes or whatever and i had been playing for seven eight years at the time Mm -hmm. you know uh very stand out but still it was a beautiful thing seeing like oh my god these people are from around where i live that are you know down with kendama enough to pull up and compete and hang out yeah but But, yeah so that's so yeah, piece of the East, then MKO, and then after that, it was game over. Kandama Travel became a
0: priority. <laughs> yeah, okay, so with with meeting the New York squad at that jam that Bonds hosted, what was the next step after that to forming Ken YC? Because you kind of herald so, Ken YC now.
1: So now now I'm one of the like main... Uh, hosts of ken Y i don't want to call it like owner or anything like that but uh just but i think main, the main that, family members you know yeah everybody would but, uh, if,
0: if, when i think of ken yc you're you're pretty much the guy that i think of when i think of it and i yeah, think that would but, go uh, for pretty much any, anyone out there
1: but yeah so so when i met them they i believe ken yc was already a thing um not like too deep just like maybe they had made a facebook group and and done it but uh our our friend alan young yang i'm actually not 100 percent sure on how to pronounce his last name but he started the, the
0: politician andrew yang
1: no alan alan young oh, a alan, friend. alan yeah and uh not andrew sorry no, Andrew. Not, but uh <laughs> he started ken yc and uh he actually owns a very successful ice cream store in in new york city what? now yeah uh, like popped off like been on tv man versus food all that
0: what but uh do you guys so, host jams
1: there it's very small we so we can't but uh but yeah, so he does that now. And then Ken YC has kind of fallen into the hands of, you know, me, Andy and John John. Uh, but yeah, they were definitely kind of so they were together at that Bonds jam. I don't think they had ever hosted like any of They might have had like a handful of meetups with like a few people. But I think that one at that time was definitely like, the biggest because like, oh, my God, Bonds is here, brought everybody out, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so then, yeah, we hosted Beast of the East or not we, but I, I guess they at the time it was hosted by Atlanta Kandamas and Ken, New Jersey, Kendama New Jersey, which doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, I guess that, like, name collective, whatever. I mean, obviously, Kenama Jersey, there's people still playing Kanama in Jersey. Yeah. But, yeah, shout they hosted. Out shout out Joe Nelson. But, uh, Joey. But, yeah, so Beast of the East happened. And then there weren't really many more events after that. But we did do a Beast of the East, too. And I feel like hosting the second annual was a big thing. Because it was like, all right, we we're established. This is an annual thing now. And, like, we're doing this. We're, you know, we're doing nice. this. And uh, it's always been hard because, like, I don't live in the city, but so it's hard to, like, constantly host events. But there was always people in the city hosting jams. We, we always had a we used to have an old Facebook group, a NYC Facebook group that's really not too active anymore that we used to always try and be like, all right, who's around? Like, I'm here, you mm-hmm. know, because it was very,
0: very, like, sporadic, like our jams, just because yeah. it's the bustle and bustle of the city, you know? yeah facebook groups are kind of dead now for kendama like sure there's the main like two pages there's doma fam inc and the uh fkc mm-hmm. facebook kendama, uh community or whatever it's called but uh everybody kind of transitioned to like making instagram pages and then instagram pages kind of died out because nobody posted yeah. because it's a pain in the butt and it takes too much time and engagement's low so then people just do group chats now it's like group chat on on instagram and that that's like the way that at least i know people do jams uh Which is kind of hard, I think, in some capacity, because it's hard to be invitational now, because nobody's publicly posting about it. It's just like, hey, to the group chat, hey, you should come out. And it's super invitational in the sense of like, hey, you have to be invited to be a part of our community. Now you have to get that invite to the group. And it's so difficult to make that happen. I I was thinking about that recently.
1: And that's always something I wanted to like step away from with Ken YC too. Cause there, there were, there were other people that, uh, you know, I, I don't have to name but other people that stepped into like, kind of like the main roles in Ken YC that wanted to make it more of like a team business. And, uh, you know, I was, I was not a fan of that at all. And like my big thing now is like, I'll put on every Ken YC fan, like jam, flyer that like the bottom thing is like giveaways events etc cetera, etc cetera, family like we're a family like i don't want anybody that goes to Y C to not feel a part of Y C. if you're from mm-hmm. california you come out to a KenYC jam you're a part of Y C. you know mm-hmm you come out to our jams, you come out, you have fun, you enjoy Kandama. You're from
0: around the area. I'm not from New York City, but Y C baby, you know? Yeah. Okay, so here, here's the real question. Why you? Why do you care so much about that? And why did you feel like you needed to take the ownership and leadership of it? Like, what, what was it in you that instilled that passion to be like, um, all right, I got to do
1: this. It, I, I don't even really want to, like, claim too much leadership, you know, because I I didn't even get the password to the Instagram, the Kenway Instagram <laughs> until, like, a week ago, you know. But, I mean, it's I guess it's just my my love for Kendama and just love for wanting to push Kendama and build the scene. And, you know, New York has so much potential. Like, all these places that we've seen Kendama, like, blow up. Like, for example, like, Hawaii or, like... You know, even in uh, Kentucky when Jake Fisher talks about that when he first started getting into it, you know, and it's like New York never had that blow up. A lot of these places in America had their blow mm-hmm. up and then it settled down. But New York never had that blow up. And I feel like the blow up that can happen in New York could be tenfold just because of the amount of people. Mm-hmm. And it won't. And what happens to a lot of like the blow ups in Kandama is it'll oversaturate the area and it'll kill it yeah but in a place like new york too
0: inflated and then it blows up dies and then it's really hard to rebuild and that's what exactly happened with kendama and we finally are back in a rebuilding phase after the huge boom and then it collapsed
1: yeah and that
0: that blow up has not happened in new
1: york and nor do i think it would have as much of a quick fall because i don't think it would be as feel as inflated as that because there's just so many people if you have a thousand
0: kendama players that's still a very very tiny percentage of people Mm -hmm. you know it's interesting. So, what do you think is the difference of the culture in Ken from other communities? Because you've now traveled around, you've seen other jams, you've been at other events. Um, what is the difference between people that play in New York and people that play elsewhere?
1: Um, it's it's we're just New Yorkers, man. <laughs> it's, it's just like we're just New Yorkers, man. I don't. It's it's hard to explain, but I mean, it's it's also we're we're a bit older. Um, we've, we've had kids come and go and they're always welcome. They always have a great time, but it's, you know, the kids don't always stick around too much. The adults we've really stuck around. So, uh, Ken YC, we've always been like a a bit of an intimidating crew. I almost want to say, like, I feel like we're not intimidating, but like random people are definitely intimidated by us. Like a lot of the original Ken YC members were all friends, all met from the underground New York hardcore scene, beating the crap out of each other, each other in pits. In mosh what is pits. what is pit? oh <laughs> hardcore like hardcore so just, like, you guys just show up in a back
0: <laughs> show up in the back alley all right we're from yeah, the hardcore no, like, community be, we just be, meet up every Thursday night to beat each other up absolutely
1: beating each other up bloody doing cartwheels into each other like <laughs> like yeah like gang wars in the mosh pit type stuff you know and that that's where they all met most of them and so you know a lot of these guys were like big big scary dudes like metalheads you know yeah so we we were a bit of like a uh, I guess I don't want to say not friendly because because we were very friendly, but we, we might have looked a bit intimidating. So, I mean, that might give some some vibes off that <laughs> we give. But we're very friendly people. But yeah, I mean,
0: I feel like the main difference is just we're New Yorkers, you know. Yeah. Do it's Do you see that? that? Do you see that culture play out when people come from out of state and come hang out with you guys? Do they feel intimidated? Can you sense oh, that? Can absolutely. you, can you smell I mean, the maybe,
1: fear on them? Maybe not in necessarily as much in Kendama because we haven't had like too many people like fly out to like our events that aren't already like friends with us and stuff. But like, I know absolutely like when I'm traveling with my friends, say, say like for when I go to festivals, is like a, a good thing. And me and my friends from home, like, are talking to each other just like going back and forth like you know like cursing each other out whatever like play fighting just for fun is like we absolutely intimidate people and they're looking at us and they're like shook <laughs> like yo like it's about to Dude, go down no, no like, cap i was you, afraid of yeah. you the
0: first time i met you at uh mko or nico i was like yo, this is, you is yeah. austin donovan he's it's friends just... with all the elite and that's a big guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, a big dude from New York. And I, I got an accent that I, I learn more as I travel more. And, you know, it could be an intimidating thing. I'm New just Yorkers, intimidated but... by New
0: Yorkers. They know how to tell yeah, taxi yeah. cabs to stop. I don't know how yeah. to do
1: that. Absolutely. That's like, I always, there's always like little random things when my friends come to New York that aren't from New York. And I was like, you don't got to make eye contact with everybody. <laughs> just like, that's a big one. Like, he got the random town. He's coming around trying to sell you this, sell you that, whatever. I was like, just don't look at him. Just, just don't make eye contact. Ignore him. Uh, that's move fun. on like that to the next person there's there's, there's certain things you got to do to like hold you hold your own in, in the city like little yeah. ethics and etiquette that you know help you get by that not everybody knows
0: yeah absolutely okay so th- that's what it's like for for people to come to your events but what was it like for you starting to travel and go to other events when you got that bug you were like okay went to mko went to beast of the east started traveling around going to all these different events and meeting people in different spaces you've now come to a place where i think every pro undoubtedly knows you and you know every pro uh, and you're very well respected in that community so how did you get to that place uh, and and also correct me if i'm wrong like was there a story for you of sponsorship in that journey as well because i don't actually know your career in kendama super well
1: so I sort of start on that last part. I actually technically have never been sponsored. I'm not sponsored. I've had a, plenty of offers. Um, nothing that has, you know, like poked me enough to be like, all right, I'm down. Well, have I you got know? the deal for you? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sponsorship was never like the goal in my head. It, yeah. The goal you- was for me was just always Kendama, you know? Yeah. But um, I started going to events, and I remember my first event I went to. I was like, all right, there's gonna be a handful of people who know me. Like Matt Sweets is gonna know me. Kristen Frazier is gonna know me. I knew like a handful of people would know me. I knew Bonds would know me because I had met him before at the New York Jam. But I was very like curious to see like how that would play out. And be like, wow, I gotta like go meet all these people now. And like you know, you know that feeling of like like I'm new here, even mm-hmm. though like I wasn't so new there. But I was I was new at events, and I had no idea what the event scene had looked like. At least in person, I had seen videos. Mm-hmm. But I remember walking into the hotel for the first time and, like, people, like, swarmed me. Like, I remember, like, 10 people were like, Austin, Donovan, what? Are you kidding me? And I was like, what's up? I, I kind of know you guys. And and <laughs> it, was, it was just, it was super easy for me, which I'm very blessed to say because it's not that simple for everybody. But I guess just from, like,
0: you know. Was thoughts, that a shock like, to you? It, it like... was
1: a shock to me. It, it definitely was. Like, I remember even, like, I made it, I think I made it to top 16 in that year at MKO. And. I remember like Tomatsu was a person that I was like, wow, I like I want to go talk to Tomatsu. He's the man like I respect him so much and everything he does. But like, I don't know if he speaks English. I don't know (laughs) how to interact with a foreign person yet. And so I was very hesitant. And he came up to me in the morning in the hotel one day. He was like, oh, Austin, you're great. You know, and he was like congratulating me for top 16 and just being like, nice Mm -hmm. to
0: meet you. And I was like, what? This guy from Japan knows me. It was kind of crazy. Getting getting any sort of praise from Tomatsu is literally the best thing in the world like the same thing happened with kazuma kazuma when i was like kazuma kazuma he was like Austin.
1: (laughs) yeah and i was like
0: i i think i've told this story on on review in past but like when tomatsu came up to me last two years ago at nako 2019 the last nako i was like doing some weird trapeze flow in in like string flow it was like the thing that i was working on at the time and tomatsu like came and tapped me on the shoulder and he said can you teach me how to do that and I was like mm. you want me to teach you something it was like no, yeah, no, amazing. No. amazing it was it was awesome but okay so okay uh you you were traveling around you were going to these different events you were showing up and people started to know you that was overwhelming but catch me up a little bit on what that was like and how you started to grow into that community to becoming that name Austin Donovan that everybody knows yeah i mean i'm i'm just a very
1: friendly person like even i said it too like in high school i was friends with everybody i was friends with you know my, my school wasn't too clicky but i was friends with all like the jocks the nerds the band geeks you know i was, I was literally yeah. friends with like ninth through twelfth grade i was friends with you so i mean i'm just very i'm a very malleable person i'm very easy to talk to i enjoy talking to people of all types so i mean it, it was definitely a thing where like when i was at the event i was like i just want to like these are my people, you know, and I want to meet as many of these people and hang out with all these people. So, you know, I was just, I wasn't like really scared to like go up to my favorite players and be like, Hey, what's up? My name's Austin. Like, what are you doing? You know, like <laughs> that wasn't a hard thing for me to do personally. And I guess that's also just kind of like where I'm from and just how I was raised. But uh, yeah, I mean, I went to that event and then I went to battle at the border like a couple months after, because like I said, first, when I went to MK, I was travel priority immediately so yeah. battle at the border was soon after went to that and then it was like going to two events in a row and it was like i guess it's like that like oh
0: he's he's sticking around now you know it's yeah like he's, he's coming around now he's not a one and done yeah that's the buy-in right that pe- people people in the economic community especially the og economic community is a little bit like that where we're a bit we're a bit standoffish especially if you're not invested we we want to see if you're invested in this game as much as i am or as as we are before we really like really welcome you in before we invite you out to a drink after the event before we bring you into our hotel room and recession there whatever it is it's like you gotta feel it out we want to know if you're actually committed to this because we are heckin committed to this and and that's a big commitment for us to to welcome you into our space and and i think where maybe we need to be a little bit better at being more welcoming to new players uh, possibly but at the same time once you're in you are in Everybody yeah. knows you. You're very welcomed. You are engaged in the space and we know everything about you. Like your story, yeah. your narrative, your tricks, whatever it is. You're 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 part of the gang and we're cheering for you.
1: Yeah. And, and I got to say too to like any newer players, like this like imaginary like inner circle of Kendama players, like it's very easy to just like tap into that. You know, it's like there's so many people that like I've seen come into Kendama scene like this past year that have been very active in the community that are very friendly with a lot of mm-hmm. like professional players that you know it'd be like people would be nervous to talk to but uh this like i know like people do talk about like the inner circle of Kendama and like oh it's like it's hard to like talk to those people and etc at events or whatever but it's it's i feel like the idea of like going and talking to the to us is a little harder than it, actually it is. doing it because we're all we're all very friendly we're all you know we're all just people we're all still staying at the same hotel we're not like held up on some pedestal
0: Yeah, it it isn't. It isn't right because it's like there is that social disconnect, but at the same time, it's not real. It's like we've we've painted a false picture. Because if you actually take the risk as a new player and reach out to someone who is, you know, maybe been in the game for a while, or is a pro, or is a whatever, and you reach out to them, you realize very quickly that oh, these guys don't think that much of themselves. They're just we're all here playing ball in a cup, and we all want to connect and meet new players. But at the same time, there is that social pressure and that social distance. And I think just as much as new players have a hard time reaching out to old players, I think old players have a really hard time of reaching out to new players too because they're not sure how to reach out they don't want to come across as egotistical they don't want to come across as like oh let me show you let me teach you i I just want to i I just want you to enjoy the game
1: yeah like one thing i also noticed too with me is like when i'm like commenting on like new players videos and it's like oh have i commented on this person's video already should i do somebody else like and it's like trying to spread that fairness and you know it's like when like handing out that like uh they're like oh what's up like you're welcome you know it's 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 hard to always do that because you want to do it to everybody and it's impossible to. so yeah. it's not that you want to like pick and choose but it's just like i i personally try to like make sure like it's it's well spread yeah
0: yeah. And, and, and I think there's also a bit of a weird culture within Kendama that I think is actually so helpful, but also a bit destructive the, of this, like you need to earn it culture. Uh, you need to earn the respect, whether it's through your tricks or through your attitude or what you do for the game. It's like, there's, there's a point in which you transition from what can Kendama do for you to when you get to make the decision of what can you do for Kendama? You know what I mean? It. Like for me, it was like, okay, when I first started playing, I was learning from everybody else, trying to get everybody else's attention and like show off what I can do. And then I realized I needed to flip the script. What can I pour back into Kendama? And the moment that I started engaging into the community and giving value back to Kendama, all of a sudden, all of these other people started crawling out of their holes and like, yo, who's this guy, what's this guy doing? And you like realize, oh, Kendama is not about what it can do for you, but what you can do for them. And, And that changed my entire perspective so quickly yeah okay uh, i want to know i mean we can we can probably rest on this a little bit here longer but uh, catch me up on like i i think and i think most people would say this from your stories and if anybody's followed your page they know that you are a nerd when it comes to kendama you have literal i'm sure you have crates of like artifacts and stuff from the kendama community nerds unite uh, you've you've obviously been on the Doma Nerds podcast. I think probably the greatest Kanama podcast out there. People really need to go listen to it. Um, but you have an episode on there where you really nerd out on stats, analytics, and all these things. But generally, in a broad scope, you are a Kanama nerd. When yes. did that? Why? Why? More than anything, you have so much knowledge. And I, why did I you? Why did you chase it?
1: I don't know. I really don't know. You know, I I feel like I was just like. I, I feel like I've been a Kandama player my whole life. Before I found Kandama, I was a Kandama player, you know? Like, I know, like, one of my favorite tricks is, say, for example, like, you may have seen me do it in a freestyle sometime where, like, I have the trick on my – the I have a finger-balanced penguin, and then, like, I spin it around on my finger mm-hmm. – but like I remember, I like showed that to my dad one day. He was like, "Oh yeah, what are you doing your freestyle?" And I like showed him that. And He's like, "Oh, this is the one that like gets people going." He's like, "You know what's funny about that? When you were a baby and you used to cry, I used to take a bottle of soda and do that with it, and balance it and whip it around until you would stop crying, and you loved it." Huh. And I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" And like he would do the same thing. And he would like he would do bottle flips with like stuff to like make me stop crying as a baby. And then even. I remember like sitting in the dugout playing baseball. And I was the one I was sitting there doing one, two, three lighthouse flips with my water bottle. And I was sitting there doing bat tricks in this bat circle, you know, I was always playing Kendama before I found Kendama. And Mm. even I've I've just always been very like, I, I get like infatuated with something. Like when I found baseball, when I was younger, it was like, I was obsessed with baseball. Like I was able, I knew every single player, every single stat. And I just got deep into it. And then like Kendama, it was just that thing where like, Is not that I necessarily like dove into it because when I found it, there wasn't anything to dive into really. You know, there was an hour's worth of content online. So it's not really that like I went into it, but it was just that I've kind of been there since the beginning. You know, there's not many players that have been playing for as long as I have that have stuck around the entire time and been a part of the scene the entire time. You know, a very few number of us. And it's just being a part of that the entire time and like not like never really even taking a step back. Uh, just kind of, like, put me into that zone of just, I guess, knowledge and, you know, and I, I'm I'm very mathematical in, in high school and everything. Math is always my favorite subject. I have a degree in math, not necessarily yeah. by choice, but I do. <laughs> by, and, uh, what do you mean not by choice? <laughs> you didn't choose I mean, to go to math school? No, not, I didn't go to college with the uh, intention of doing math, but as the years went, I kind of fell into that role and was like, all right, we're going to, this is what we're doing.
0: <laughs> but, so- uh okay yeah okay we'll, we'll catch back <laughs> up but i want to i want to i want to ask about that you you went to college you did a degree in math like statistics right specifically just or mathematics was it just, math? just, just mathematics,
1: mathematics. yeah uh, what do you do now now I, I just do doordash i do doordash and I, I do Kandama stuff i push Kandama stuff isn't i mean there, there's part-time kendama thing but doordash is like my main yeah. gig right now
0: okay that's uh, my main you- pocket of money are you hoping to pursue something in the math world, stats or whatever that is? Because um, obviously you love that kind of stuff, but maybe that's a passion, but not a career. To be completely honest, I, I, I like to say my degree is plan Z.
1: Okay. So like, you know, like if I, if I ever need something to fall back on and, you know, my, dr- my hopes and my dreams, my hopes and my dreams are not in line with my degree and like doing a nine to five a working office job, like very far from that. And uh, so, so what is the you, hope and dream? I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not too sure right now. Maybe, I th- I think, like, absolute long-term dream, which is, like, you know, out of... Not out of range, but, like, you know, down the line. I would love to own, like, a Ken Dojo, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, like a, a sort of lifestyle shop where, like, I sell kendamas and I sell also lifestyle stuff because I don't know if a kendama store in potentially New York would be able to hold value and pay the rent. But, like, a lifestyle store that sells clothes, sells all sorts of things, and also has, like, a kendama section, you know, and it could also have be like oh we have jam night every single this time and we also do like a ken like a kendama dojo like you go and learn jujitsu at this dojo you also have kendama we could train kendama because in my eyes i i do see kendama getting to a point where every single person knows what kendama is just like a yo-yo and mm-hmm. i think it's just a matter of time until we get there and that does fit in there with that timeline where you know having like dojo slash shop slash jam set center slash mm-hmm. and every anything and everything kendama you know Dude, have like heck, a hub for that because heck, like in Japan yeah. they have that. They have that in Japan and I don't think we're too far off where that could no, be a thing so. I do in
0: my life before I pass away, you know? Dude, you and I are on the same page. My my dream. One of, my, one of my dreams, i got a lot of dreams, but one of them would be to, to run a cafe, to run yeah. a coffee shop that is centered around continuous improvement, Kaizen, right? And, yeah. and having that as a space where people can come and learn, uh, having it as a space where people come in and leave better than they were before they came in, whether or not that's through Kendama, through the art of coffee, through progression, whatever that is. And so actually having a, a cafe centered around those principles that is centered around the, the philosophy of Kendama, this art of continuous improvement, uh, and, and having that like, dude, you're speaking my language. Yeah. I love right there that with you, man. So and yeah. And as much. I see
1: MJ saying too, this is one of the only messages I've seen there the whole time, but as MJ sued their coaches for Japan sports where they practice kendama, and, like the same thing to where like, I don't see us being too far off to where like kendama coaching is like, that'll be a real thing where like, Oh, like my, I pay, you know, a hundred dollars an hour for my son to go get private pitching lessons, you know, once mm-hmm. a week. It'll be like oh my son's gonna go get private condom lessons for once a week and you know that could be a a normal thing because it's great yeah. for kids and
0: kids should be doing this
1: I, I think we're on the brink like
0: i i don't know if it's going to be one year two years three years four years where all there's, of a sudden
1: there's an absolute shift in coming.
0: oh I, like, I think so a
1: very very prominent shift because the, just the influx of players that we've had once that fuses with the or the scene from before, so like if you were to say like 2020 or like 2019, mm-hmm. you take the before and after; those have yet to fuse. Yeah,
0: and totally. I feel like
1: when that happens is shift, major shift in the Kandama world, and who knows what that's gonna bring. But I, I think excited. you're totally right,
0: and the thing that gets me excited about that is like, okay. I, I, ch- I chatted about this with uh, MJ and Brian Reese, and both both the podcasts when it did the podcast mm-hmm. collab episode. It's like, okay, so with that shift and with the boom and the growth of Kanama that we expect to income that gives so much more opportunity for people like yourself or for me to actually have a role in the community where we can actually begin to be financially supported by what we're doing. And, and there's actually an incentive to do other things aside from just running a kendama business and selling kendamas because right now yeah. that's really the only profitable route in the community is being a, a kendama business and selling the, the product itself. But yeah. now all of a sudden there's a world opening up where I, I could see in the future, maybe two years, three years, four years from now, where running this podcast actually becomes a part of my job or a part of my, my, yeah. my income every month. And I can Absolutely. genuinely put more effort in and invest yeah. and be a part of the community fully. I mm-hmm. think that would be so cool. And, and similar to what you're doing, I would love to see uh, a dojo or someone that's genuinely getting paid to train people to play Kendama. And I think what you were saying, that competitive shift actually incentivizes that even more right with what you're saying Kelvin Wong when we see more people wanting to play like Kelvin Wong wanting to compete at that level wanting to improve themselves there's going to be a higher desire and incentive for those parents out there that see their kid they're like we got to get this kid in lessons he's got to win the next make And and
1: you know what it is you know what part of the big shift is which is I can get into this too why Kendama is so friendly and not so hot-headed and especially in competitions is because money we if you look at our biggest events the winners don't get a large amount of money except for like the World Cup. They get a bunch of kandamas, which ultimately that professional kandama player is probably going to give them away or sell them. Yeah. You know, but if we were to take, say, say, for example, like, you if know, Naco, is 10000 if, if Yeah. And if say, if you were to take every single company that is setting prizes, send us one or two kandamas, a couple of kandamas to give to the lower divisions and send us bread. And we will give the winner of Naco 20k you know or something like that 5k ten thousand It changes the game it changes everything i'm going up there i'm taking names we're going up there i'm going <laughs> as i had an open with you i'm getting in your head you are not beating me for, for money you know but nick and, like, gallagher
0: six feet under baby let's yeah, go and,
1: like that's that's a big thing where we're getting to the point where i feel like we're almost big enough now to like where we could start to have like cash payout prizes for first place you know and like that's gonna be a shift in the competition too because when people are paying for money it's gonna get cutthroat, and i'm um, you, you know it's a good thing it's a bad thing i'm excited to see it though
0: can can john just said put that this a lot in the chat uh, and and we'll take a moment here in a couple seconds and we'll jump through some of the questions from from viewers. so I'll drop some of the q a tool but uh my my immediate question and what his question is, is is that a good thing for kendama or not a good thing and what do you see you as see- the impact of that So it it depends on how you look at Kandama. You
1: know, a lot of people see Kandama and they love exactly where it's at right now. And like, you know, don't want it to get any bigger like that. It's this underground, very tight knit family. And I absolutely love that. You know, I love that we have this very underground, tight knit family. Um, But I think with that, that just also ties in with just like Kandama getting bigger and becoming more mainstream and not that i necessarily want to see that but i do want to see it get to the point where like everybody knows what kendama is like i was saying before how like and a yo-yo every single person knows what a yo-yo is whether they know how to do it or not they know what a yo-yo is and that is like that's like real dream for me like just having like being a part of that happening and um I, i just feel like competition is one of the next like big purveyors to really push kendama into that forefront and mm-hmm. that and money in that way for events could would be a huge thing and you know it's it it could bring a bad blood to kendama because I, like we talked about it could get heated we could mm-hmm. have rivalries that could be two genuine people that hate each other on stage competing against each other you know mm-hmm. and that could get could get a little dirty but i mean i think we are we have a strong enough core in kendama that you know we will always have this like We will always have this feel to us, you know, I mean, I I could be totally wrong, though, but I, I just feel like I'm so confident in our core, our base, what we came from and where we started and how long we've held this for so long and so well that I don't know if I see that like just flying out the window when we essentially the world knows who we are.
0: Yeah, I think the part of the reason that I don't think it'll fly out the window super fast and it'll be a slow transition is because think about the amount of time that it takes you to get to the level where you'd be even competing for that money. It's yeah. not like it's not like if we start adding money into it that there's going to be a whole new influx of people that are competitively minded and are cutthroat in that mentality because you're not going to catch up to the Gallaghers that fast and the Gallaghers yeah. are going to and hold that mentality right from the past generation and we're going to see that culture remain because it takes so long to get to that place. Kandama is not a game that you can just like step into yeah, and expect to be real. It's not an either.
1: overnight thing. Absolutely not. No, And even to too, even, even if like money was a thing like the Kandama, we wouldn't the Kandama community us as like the upper people that kind of like run things within the scene we wouldn't be pushing for that heated competition we would just be like oh grand prize there's money but like hey yeah come down come have fun and like Mm -hmm. we would still be be pushing that exactly the same way that we're doing and the the only people that would kind of get into that like you know maybe lost in the 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 heat of the money or whatever the competition Mm -hmm. or whatever that that would be like on their own because like us as kendama we're going to hold that those same values
0: because the people that are running stuff right now are going nowhere yeah, I, I really hope so. And I, and I think I'm with you. I think that when we can add a cash incentive or monetary compensation, we are going to see a big boom in growth in Kandama. And I'm kind of here for it. I I think the more people that we can get on payroll in Kandama, the more that we're going to be able to exponentially scale the game and grow it because more people will be able to invest more time into its growth. You think about the work that Bonds has been able to do by being on payroll, by being a sponsored, fully paid player his ability to go on tv shows his ability to travel his ability to make content all that good stuff is only there because he can afford to do that Uh, if he was working other jobs and doing other things we wouldn't have that same level of content coming out from some of these players and the more that we can get more (coughs) people in those roles doing that we will see a growth in kendama i I fundamentally believe
1: yeah but it's not an easy thing to do right now but we're getting there we're getting there i mean
0: Chrome did just give out some of their numbers. They they sold over three hundred thousand Chrome Pops. That is literally millions of dollars worth of kendamas that are out in the world. Like when you think about the math, because what a Chrome Pop is what twenty bucks? About
1: twenty bucks, yeah.
0: Twenty bucks, three hundred thousand of them. That is a lot of. That's 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 six million dollars.
1: It's a lot of money. Six
0: million dollars worth of Chrome Pops out in the world. That we're getting to a place where kendamas big, like it's getting there. If we you think kendama is small, it's not. Like, that just number from, proves it.
1: Just from the difference of, like, when I started playing to be, like, never having anybody for, like, the first 10 years ever be like, oh, that's a kendama," You know, to now it's, like, a very regular thing when I go out, you know, Yeah. especially even at, like, music festivals or, like, concerts that I go into now. It's, like, well, I was the kid playing kendama at a festival for the past, like, seven years, and nobody had any idea what it was, and now it's, like there's i i mean i haven't been to a festival since like covid happened there are, there are some popping around but like i'll have people text me and they're like yo there were hundreds of people everywhere condom yeah. flying
0: everywhere the, all over the place that's so, what boogie was saying yo, and they get wild. banned now it's wild yeah. they're banned at, at some of those events because oh, they they see them, them as a dangerous <laughs> they ain't taking my dollars tell you that yeah people are going to be <laughs> hiding in like suppositories they're going to be bringing them in however they can. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll figure something out. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, awesome. Let's take a couple minutes. Let's answer some questions here and let's dive into what the fans of the show want to know. And then we'll get back into a bit more of our conversation here. But uh, we'll take a quick break. Uh, Dylan Patz, pads underscore uh, 48, longtime listener of the show, big fan. Uh, he wants to <coughs> know a question that I, I think you and I have talked about on one occasion when you jumped on my live, I think. Uh, I've heard your whirlwind tech is super funky, he says. Ooh. And I'm curious to see slash hear about that. Um, he, he wasn't sure if this was Boston that we were talking about or Austin, but it's you. Uh, and I know it it's me. you because you have a janky way of doing roll wins.
1: I do. So, so the old school way of, so JKA style, it was like, you cannot move your hand grip. This is, this is another reason why you should be tuned into the live so you can see what I'm doing. But I'll try and talk so people can understand. But uh, for JKA, when you're competing or doing any sort of tricks, when you grip the kendama, you are not allowed to adjust your grip at all. So, like, if I'm going to do uh, a whirlwind, usually in normal play, I will slide my hand down towards the bottom of the base cup and then do my whirlwind. Mm-hmm. In JKA, you cannot do that. You have to whirlwind from exactly where your hand is, which is usually your thumb right under the, the cups, which is very uncomfortable. Um, so I don't really know where I got this from, but I got comfortable doing that. And then as Kendama started to become more free and open to what you wanted to do... I was like, okay, let me start experimenting with whirlwinds, you know, a little bit more. And like, I tried like moving my hand down, doing it that way. And, and what I found worked best for me is I put my thumb in the big cup and I flick down on the bottom of the big cup. And that's, that's essentially how I do it. So like when you're holding it with your fingers up by the cups, you kind of got to like twist your fingers a little bit instead of just like throwing your thumb at the bottom. And I kind of mm-hmm. do that, but with the big cup instead. Mm-hmm. And I've seen maybe like one or two. I think Chelsea May Perez is, does it similar to me. I've seen her do it that way. But I do think she usually keeps it under the cup. Uh, Russell Van Houten a P- pedox P- P- gang he does his whirlwinds like me now as well because he saw them from me he was like you're a weirdo that's a good i'm gonna try <laughs> it and he likes him now better but
0: but, but you're I, also incredibly consistent with it like it's yeah, super I controlled have, i have if you want to more... show us one if you yeah, yeah, you get one I can show one you attempt. a whirlwind yeah i, got, a, I can show you a whirlwind We
1: me get a selfie whirlwind so thumb in the big cup right there oh we missed it but
0: give us one more one more give you one
1: more real quick my lighting is weird let me turn this way
0: Hey, hey, there it is. Yeah, look at that. It's so but nice. yeah, I mean, like look, like yeah, my world when you do
1: it. Yeah, a lot of people think I'm doing world slingers. But um, my they they whip, they whip really fast. And it's a lot more controlled for me. Um, I mean, just in general, my flips. whenever I'm doing like, if I'm doing like a triple J stick, I whip it, you know, and it's just it's just mm-hmm. the, the I guess the count, I don't want to say muscle memory, but like the counting memory in my head. I, I just it's very quick. So like I easy better for counting with me when I do a J stick like one, two, three and like quick. And when I do my whirlwinds, it's very easier for me to just track it, count it when it's faster. For some reason, I don't know, but it's just how it played. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's a very odd way to do whirlwinds. And uh, I'm, I'm very honed at them. So, I mean, hey, just maybe take the time and try them out and see what happens. You know, they, they're going to feel weird at first. Very unorthodox way to whirlwind. But it works, man. I'll tell you that. Hey,
0: you you've seen it two tries he got it and it's consistent like i've seen you go like 10 20 in a row just doing it like that and it literally looks like the most consistent thing i've ever seen in the world so it it does work i've seen it Uh, give it a try like seriously i think everybody should try it i tried it i can't do it that way everybody think
1: outside the box you always see one trick and you're like hmm, i gotta do a trick that way you don't you don't have to do it the way you saw it try and do it your own way try and figure out different ways that make it easier make it better you know, try it all out. I, not, a thing that I like to do is, like, when I'm learning a trick is, like, all right, I'm going to try this 50 times like this and 50 times like that. 50 times with my thumb in this position. Maybe I'll hold my grip a little different. Maybe I'll place my pinky here, et cetera, et cetera. Think of literally everything possible you could do with your body to, like, make a trick different and try it out, see if it makes it easier. Might not. But you're going to find random weird little things that make tricks easier, and it's gonna you're going to love it.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Quick, quick uh, apologies to the Patreon subscribers that submitted questions. You used to be able to submit questions on the story (laughs) polls uh, and I put one up on my story and they usually would import directly into the live and I'd be able to click on them and I'd know that they were from the Patreon, but they didn't import. So if you're from the Patreon and you had a question, make sure that you put it in the Q&A tool. Uh, I know who you guys are, so I will make sure I ask your questions, Um, but your ones that you submitted ahead of time aren't showing up for me. So I apologize. Maybe we'll do a follow up quick shotgun interview with Austin with Patreon only oh, questions oh. on the Patreon. We'll we'll see if Austin's down for that. But we got a question here down. Kendama P O V. Did the lockdown increase or decrease your play?
1: Um, to be completely honest, I don't really think it affected my play much. I mean, I don't really like grind kendama. Like when I pick up a kendama and play, like it's 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 like a five minute thing, you know? Like, I like I constantly have my Kandama on me like a phone, and I'm using it constantly kind of like a phone. Like, I never sit down and, like, I'm just on my phone for, like, two hours. You know, I don't play Kandama like that. So, it's, it's just kind of always around me, always near me, kind of using it for a few minutes here and there. Uh, You know, wh- whether I'm home doing nothing all day or if I'm, like, out busy running errands, like, it, it's not too different, my Kandama play. It's very consistent.
0: Mm. So you you don't think that it affected you too much. You were already I mean growing. I definitely I definitely I mean I definitely played more a little bit but not I I don't think it affected me as
1: much as the average person. But I mean obviously it definitely affected me a little bit in my increased play but I, less than
0: the average I would say definitely. For me I went through two phases. When lockdown first started I scaled up really fast because I was like oh I'm at home I have all this free time I You know, my boss isn't going to see me. I can just, like, sit at home, take a break, stand up, do a couple tricks in my room or whatever. And then over time, as I wasn't around people, my, like, attention to wanting to play went down uh, because I was like, ah, I'm so people-dependent in my play style. Uh, I, like, I love the community aspect. And so I, like, lost a lot of my growth, you know, engine, whatever it was that was driving me because I didn't have people around me being like, oh, that's cool, you should try this or whatever. And so... I went through two phases and I'm back into a bit of a growth phase. I, I hope now that lockdown is yeah. kind of fading away. All right. Uh, Brett Walters, Boston W Patreon supporter, big fan of the show and Ooh. great community member wants to ask a very pointed question <laughs> regarding Yo, my think, marble. Th- yeah. Why is your marble so slow? There's my marble is on this home to right?
1: Boston. Don't you worry about my marble. You worry about your marble over there. All right. <laughs> you- you're going to get the hands on Thursday night, next Thursday night. I don't know what's going on with sweets Twitch, but watch yourself. Watch yourself, Brett. Watch I think, uh,
0: actually, today, isn't today or yesterday Sweets doing, like, a 24-hour live stream or something? Yeah, they,
1: um, he, I believe he was supposed to finish 12
0: minutes ago, 24 hours. Oh, my goodness. So, shout out yeah. to Matt Sweets for rocking on the Twitch stream. I think that's one of the greatest pieces of content that's come out of this year for Kendama. Big fan.
1: the Sweets stream. I think it's been I've, so... I've fallen in love with Twitch over the past year and a half, not even just because of Kendama.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, guys, honestly, seriously, go support Sweets Kandamas. Go check out the Sweets stream. It's twitch.tv slash Sweets uh, Go check out some of their past streams and show up. They do giveaways literally every Wednesday. They're always showing off their new mods. You name it. It's a good time. Uh, you can throw some shade, drop some bits, make Matt do dumb stuff. It's a good time. It is it's a great, great, time. great time. Okay, uh, a couple more questions here. We got one from Brett Hatat. Uh, he wants to know, what is the best thing about Kanama and why do you like it?
1: best thing about kendama I, I feel like the best thing about kendama is that that answer is there's not a direct answer to it the best thing about kendama is kind of like you, you can do whatever you want with it you know you you know it kendama is a very malleable thing there's all these different people that have come into kandama from all different walks of life ages different parts of the world and everybody can find something in kandama that they love about it there's like it's it's just there's no you know there really isn't like children i've gone to schools and taught uh, children with special needs that were like three years old get stoked on Kendama. Mm-hmm. I've seen grandmas that are in wheelchairs, 90 years old, get stoked on Kendama. Uh, I think that's probably what the best thing about Kendama is, is that it, it really is like for everyone. And it is like an active sport kind of thing, if you will. And most active type things aren't something that really anybody can do, or you need good coordination to do. But trust me, I've seen a lot of people that are highly uncoordinated, be incredible at Kendama, which is a really cool thing to see as well. So uh, that's probably my favorite, the best thing about Kendama, I guess. But uh, yeah. why do um, I like it? I mean, it's Kandama is my life, man. I did, like I was saying before, it's like almost half my life now. It's all I know. You know, this is Kandama raised me.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, um, Kandama Kandama's been the best teacher I've had my entire life. You know, throughout high school, throughout college, throughout loved ones in my life, Kandama's been my best teacher. Absolutely, dude,
0: that, that's amazing. And I think so many people would resonate with that. I resonate with that. For me, you know, Kandama was was a really great tool for focus. Uh, I borderline probably ADD or ADHD was diagnosed with it as a kid, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, but Kanama has been such a focusing tool for me is I can engage in a conversation while having something to do and be fully present, whether or not I'm just whipping the string around playing, you name it. And it's been such a tool for me to center, focus, and then calibrate. And it's yeah. been so helpful for me in that regard. And I think for for so many other people would resonate with that. And and Kendama is a malleable tool. No matter where you are in life, no matter who mm-hmm. you are, I think it can teach you something. And I think that's what you're hitting with is like it's so versatile. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay. Uh we got a question here from Key Dama. Key wants to know what is your absolute favorite trick of all time?
1: My absolute favorite trick of all time is uh, probably just candlestick finger balances, anything of this sort. I love just doing these. Come see me do a freestyle. you probably see me do a b- handful of weird ones. But, I mean, lunars are definitely my favorite trick. I could do lunars forever and down spikes. I-, I could get, like, a down spike is, like, I could just down spike for the rest of my life and be happy. But, like, one single favorite trick, candlestick finger balance, probably. Hey, let's go. All right, D-Pats underscore 48 wants to know, does Garrett Cole cheat while he is pitching? ho. oh. oh. D- do I handle this like I'm Garrett Cole, or do I handle this like like I'm real? Uh, if, wait, if... wait. Who,
0: for for those that don't know, can you get, uh, tell us who Garrett Cole is?
1: Okay, so Garrett Cole is a pitcher for the New York Yankees, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And this past year, there has been a lot of talk about pitchers using, like, grip stuff on their hand to increase their uh, ball rotation to essentially make them better pitchers. And like essentially, using pine tar. Yeah, basically, But um, it's it's just been a practice that's been used very commonly, used very well known. It's like a very gray area in MLB where every, like every pitcher essentially does it. Does Garrett Cole cheat? Technically, probably yeah, he probably does. But so does every single pitcher in the major league. And like, if that's a problem, Garrett Cole isn't the problem. It's it's like an MLB problem. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like the steroid era. When the steroid era popped off, everybody was doing it. But, like, it was only, like, the few biggest guys were, like, got busted, and then they seriously cracked down. But if it were up to me, man, let them all juice.
0: <laughs> Dude, yeah. Don't you want to just see people cranking yeah, shots? Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. it's so creating... much more fun in the steroid era. Yeah, create, create a different I mean, league. It's just... like you <laughs> you yeah. make two leagues um, on every for sport every sport should have two leagues one where juicing is totally legal like you can use anything you want and it's just a total mongoloid of a sport think about like the ufc imagine if the ufc had no parameters and it was like literally any weight class any amount of juice whatever you want to take it's just a cage brawl between two guys that can literally do whatever you want to do whatever they want yeah imagine that i would i would pay good money to watch that yeah
1: me too (laughs) uh okay but, we get, yeah, uh regardless of anything i said uh to, to answer that question does garrett cheat while he's pitching i plead the fifth
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick, real fast answer who's your favorite player in the mlb right now on oh, the
1: mlb right now i don't even know man because the yankees are not that good so it's it's not great um maybe i'll say nolan arenado i'm gonna pick a non-yankee nolan who, arenado who might be for? my favorite he is uh right now he's on the cardinals he's a third baseman okay He's uh, one of the best third basemen for a long time. And, nice. uh, yeah, he's a very fun player to watch. Nice. Uh,
0: Patreon subscriber, Kendama underscore Jinshiriki 34 wants to know, if you had to bring one Kendama on a stranded island, what would it be? And he's got two, uh, one follow-up question, I think, after that. So answer the first one, then I'll ask the second.
1: If I had to bring one Kendama on a stranded island, what would it be? It would be a uh, probably... If I can have it fresh, and this is the Kandama I'm going play forever for the rest of my life, uh, probably one of those Batch 1 uh, Kush Decades. Oh, yeah. Those are the ones, man. Dude, those I, Kandamas I... were still, to me, like one of the most honed Kandamas. I have still land some of my fattest tricks on those. Amen. Preach it.
0: They're, they're so honed. I, I picked one up. I, I have a collection growing. I got four or five of the Badge Zeros now. I think mm-hmm. I have the largest collection of Badge Zero Christian Frasers in Ooh. North America. Or in the world, probably. There you go so if anyone else in the audience has one and they'd like to contribute to the growing collection uh, i'll send you my my p.o box or my i I see some of them behind you uh yeah i these are probably thomas from them this is one yeah this one's a batch zero you can see it underneath i got one in a box i can't i was trying to remember the name of the guy who sent it to me i (coughs) bought it off of him carter justice like sent me a message uh, of this guy who was selling one he's like hey there's a guy selling one uh, if you want it. And I was like, heck yeah, I do. And so I like picked it up. It was like 40 or 50, 60 bucks. It's like, I basically paid the price of the Dama. And I'm like, ah, it's worth it. Because one day I'm going to have a huge collection of these badge zero Kendamas that were literally game changing for Kendama. Yeah. And I think they're like the most pivotal Kendama of the 21st century in terms I mean, of like hey, how it changed. The decades are like the only Kendama that's,
1: they've been out for like what three four years now and people when we're still talking about them people are and still they still sell out every time. yeah yeah it's kind of wild
0: yeah yeah
1: absolutely um, um so,
0: yeah go ahead and then uh yeah his his question then his second question is what are the top three new york rappers in your opinion top three new york rappers
1: this is all preference um I'll I'll go with like individual rappers as well. I'll say that Flappish Zombies are hands down my favorite musical group of any sort. Uh but that is three dudes. It's a hip hop collective, so I'll I'll just say three individual rappers. Uh my favorite my number one favorite New York rapper is Michi Darko. He is from Flappish Zombies. Um uh another one. Um AK the Savior is definitely another one of my favorites. He is all he is uh one half of the underachievers who are from New York, also a part of the Beast Coast Collective. The Beast Coast Collective consists of pro-era underachievers and flapper zombies. Um, and we can get into a little Beast Coast after that if you want to ask mm-hmm. me about that. But uh, yeah, yeah, three rappers, Michi Darko, AK The Savior, and uh, Action Bronson. Action Bronson's the man. I absolutely love him. He's hilarious, not even in just rapping, but he's, he's one of my favorite human beings. But those mm-hmm. are probably my top three current uh, New York rappers.
0: Awesome. Let me, let's hit three more questions and then let's dive into kind of modern day for Austin and what you're doing. I want to chat a little bit about Kenoma Institute, what you're doing with them and Sensei. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about your distribution with sweets and kind of where, where you're hoping to be in the next two, three years. Let's talk a little bit about that in a minute, but uh, coach underscore Moni legend in the community wants to know if you could do one trick for the rest of your life, what trick would it be? Did we ask this no no i didn't i feel like there might have been a favorite trick question but there was a favorite trick question Okay, but uh, if you could only ever do balance. one yeah
1: okay so it, it kind of depends on how this question's asked so if if i'm allowed to so say if i pick lunars and i'm only doing a pull-up lunar it's not going to be my trick but if say if i'm picking lunars and i could do like a lunar flip and a lunar barrel and a lunar tray the trick would be lunars but if i had to do one singular trick that i'm not allowed to expand on pull-up down spike all day. All day. All day. I can do pull up down spike for twenty four seven and just be happy.
0: It's a satisfying just, trick to just like It's, it's into one of those somebody. where like
1: very often like I'll just like stop what I'm doing and just pull up down spike as hard as I can for five, ten minutes.
0: Yeah. Okay. And it's a great time. Yeah, question here from Brett Walters, Patreon member again. Uh, he wants to know what city would you move to for the Canama scene? And I'm gonna put the caveat, you can't pick New York. And oh, outside of New that's York. What I, was where would you say.
1: Move? I was gonna say New York City, but um if I cannot say New York City, I'm probably, I would probably say, uh, I don't know the exact city, but Colorado. Um, I think I would, I love the Colorado scene. I love what Bonds is doing out there right now. And it's it's a place also I've never been to. So maybe mm. it's it's a little biased in saying that I would move there, but it, it's it definitely is somewhere where I've always wanted to go to. And I think I would enjoy more than other cities, you know, but, uh, you know, it kind of fits my vibe. I have a lot of friends out there. But um, yeah. If I had to pick a city to move to for the Kaname scene, that wasn't New York, it would probably be Colorado. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Whatever, whatever I want to go to Colorado. Colorado, be. Colorado, Boulder, be so Denver, cool. some like that. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I think uh, I think Bonds is Boulder. For some reason, I believe so. I think he's Boulder, but I think the community is mostly Denver. I, I could be yeah. wrong though. And Regardless. Colorado has been
1: cool too, though, is it's had, Colorado's had a scene, a, a, like in, you know, a kind of, not like blossoming scene, but they've kind of been blossoming and kind of like, you know, coming back and forth,
0: even since the co-days, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they got a unique vibe there. I'd love to go and visit Colorado. It, I think, is that Zach Yord? Is Yord out there as well?
1: I'm not sure where Yord is right now, to be honest. And
0: then, and then uh, Keith Matamura was doing school in Colorado. Uh, growing up I remember that i don 't know if he still lives there, but that was that was where he was for a hot hot minute because I remember him talking all about it in his pro pro announcement video yeah okay um la- last question, but this really integrates into where we 're going here uh, really John John uh, another kim y c native uh, YC, he wants baby. to know where do you see Kendama in the next five years and let 's use this as a question to kind of segue <clears throat> into the second half and talk about where do you see you in Kendama in five years, and what does that pathway look like?
1: Um where do I see Kandama in 5 years? It's it's kind of hard. It's like it, like as much as I like to think about this, <clears throat> it's not something that I necessarily like to like put an answer to because I don't because you know, I I want to I want to allow it to open to its own manifestations. But um but Kandama in 5 years, I think it's it's going to be huge. I I think it's I I really think like once like I said this this fusion of the new age Kandama the past couple of years and the older people come together in and, and start getting really back together when events are popping off every mm-hmm. single month, like that next year where like we have big events regularly is going to change everything. And I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but there's going to be a lot more people playing Kendama. Um, that's going to bring a lot of personalities into Kendama. That's going to bring a lot of opportunities into Kendama. Um, I've, you know, I could see being kendama within five years, honestly, being like a regular thing, like in more stores similar to Target and just like random places like mm-hmm. that where like anybody can just kind of like walk around and buy a Kandama somewhere. You might have to look for it. You might have to dig, you know, if you're in a small town, it might be hard to find it. But I, I really feel like we're very close to that point where like mm-hmm. it's majority of people have seen Kandama,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And And what about for yourself? Where do you... Personally, want to be in five years, and what do you think are the steps to getting there? You know, maybe in the five next years, man. Let's take one year at a time. So yeah, what, um, what about right I mean, now? Right now, I mean, I I do
1: I do want to move to New York City very soon. I had plans to do that last year, but obviously, I'm not. I wasn't in any rush to do that last year. So uh, hopefully, we'll still do that. You know, by the end of the year, maybe probably. And then I just, you know, just work and continue to push Kendama, you know, and just see where that brings and, you know, possibly push that that New York explosion that is yet to happen, which I think uh, I think if, if I moved into it, we got some lazy people in Ken YC, but uh, so, and, and I'm, I'm lazy, too. I'm very Drop lazy. Them names.
0: Drop those names. I'm, I'm very
1: lazy, myself. Call them out. but I think if we put the lazy heads together, we could really make stuff happen, especially in New York and get stuff going well, because even, even back in uh, when we <laughs> were like starting and we had uh, people that were like a little more driven to do driven than myself as well. Uh, you know, we had like bookings everywhere. You know, we, we got, we got sent to go to DC to perform at a Sakura festival. So they were doing blossom festivals in parks all over the place, you know, d- vending tables, selling stuff mm-hmm. like every weekend, maybe not every weekend. I'm exaggerating, but they, they were, they were doing stuff and there's so much potential, especially now. And like, I already see like contacting uh, like festivals and stuff. A couple of years ago was very difficult because I would be like, "Hey, like, come, let me come do kandama," and they're like, "What's that?" Mm. And it's like, "Ah, oh, great." But now it's like contact places would be like, "Oh, let me come do, do kandama," and they're like, "Yo, yeah, come do kandama." You know, it's a, like Interesting. even yeah. So like even like there is um there's a show in Brooklyn next Wednesday where they reached out to me and, and they had like, they put out, they didn't reach out to me. It was like uh, a thing like, Oh, artists, like flow artists, et cetera, whatever, like inbox us and talk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, what's up? I'm a Kendama player. Like, I know you've probably never seen it, but like everybody's seen a hula hooper and somebody doing point on stage. Like, if you ever want to do Kendama, let me know. And like immediately hit me back up. And uh, now uh on Wednesday actually is, as far as as long as all goes well i'll be in brooklyn uh performing kendama like on stage for my first time like around the venue which is cool
0: that's super cool man there so one of the events that i think would be so cool for for me personally is calgary stampede it's like the world's largest stampede it brings out tens and tens of thousands of people out to calgary every year to come cowboy it up fake cowboys all around and it's like a huge festival it's got rodeo you name it sport Mm -hmm. it's like a big amusement park that takes over the city it's like canada what's one of canada's biggest events that ever goes on and they they once had like they usually have like a talent search thing that they do on there where it's like kind of like a an america's got talent thing and there's a kid in the community here who's a yo-yoer who was like the Mm. stampede talent search winner but he also plays kendama and he's very good at kendama as well it's like oh he did that for yo-yo it would be so cool to get someone in that for kendama or start doing kendama stuff at stampede because it's really the biggest platform in canada for something like that and i was like oh it'd be so sick to be there uh, and be up on stage at stampede so i want to see if we can make that happen in the next two or three years and getting kanama into stampede in some capacity yeah you gonna got be that dope. dude make we're, it happen we'll make it happen i believe make you. it happen i believe in you <laughs> I, need, I need more people believing in
1: <laughs> <laughs> all you need is yourself
0: baby come on come on um dude that's so cool i love that i love what you guys are doing in Ken i think you guys got a really unique vibe that's very different from a lot of other communities out there i mean i think the most comparable community that is at kind of that same scale or adoption is that socal community and it's on the other side of the the, the country from you guys but they have a totally different vibe from what you guys are doing. You guys have that chill, laid back, mature vibe. Not that they're not like an older mature, but they're very like new gen orientated. They're very like pushing the boundaries, leveling up hardcore. There's a very competitive scene that's growing up there. It's so cool to see. But when I think of New York, I think of like that's the place that I want to go to meet these classics, the legends, the people that have really been in it for a long time and and live and breathe and die on on the history of kendama and and i think you've done a really good job in stewarding that there and what i kind of wanted to dive in in this second half of the conversation is is what do you think kendama needs uh coming from your journey that you've been on you've documented a lot of this history you've been a part of it but what do you see that kendama needs in the next year or two i think kendama
1: needs there there's a lot that kendama needs Kendama needs documentation Kendama needs more strict competition thing because because that's another thing too as we move forward in competition there's a lot of things that need to be like like we have like a lot like a gray area on like tricks and 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 judging and different rules at different competitions and there needs to be like established lines um which would help a lot just in the professionalism of competition but um it's hard. I I I almost feel like we're doing everything right, and all we need is just more people behind our back, and just mm-hmm. keep doing what we're doing, and we're we'll get where we need to get. You know, I I think the main main thing is really just more people. But there there are other things that definitely need to happen mm-hmm. within Kandama. But yeah, to give a, give a better answer. I think documentation for events and could help a a, a lot. Um, community. We already have the community, which is very mm-hmm. good. But yeah, there there's some competition moves that can be made to. That'll, but, but again, it's, it's like, we'll see how competitions go when, when stuff goes back to normal. Cause
0: mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're, it's going to be big, different, but it's going to be, it's, it's going to be very different. Yeah. Dude, I'm concerned because we're, I'm, I'm meeting up this next week with the team that helped me put on brew battle last year. And we're going to start planning it for this year. And it's like, okay, if borders open this year. We didn't have it with borders open last year how many people are going to show up to this thing? We had 50, we yeah. sold out within two days last year wow. and yeah. because of capacity limits and stuff like mm-hmm. that, we easily could have had more people. Uh, so I'm, I'm concerned, you know what? We had 50 people. Are we going to have 200 people this time because of the new adoption and the willingness I mean, and like people just right, coming out? I'll
1: tell you right now. So the past two Ken YC jams, the ones that we had with Josh can revive the vibe tour and the one with Wyatt Bray, both of those were bigger than every single jam that we've pretty much ever had, wow. besides the annual Toy Fair jam. Wow. Like, even Beast of the East, I think both of those past two jams were bigger than any Beast of the East we have ever hosted. And That's crazy. That says a lot. A lot. Lar- yeah. Like, I would say 60 to 70% of the people at the past two jams were all new started playing last year. Yeah. And it's like, we have whoa.
0: no idea what's about to hit us. Yeah. Because and we've been to the point in where we're like,
1: we're like, I'm I'm thinking like Beast of the East. Like, all right, I've hosted a couple of jams successfully. It's it's all gone right. I'm gonna try and do Beast of the East this year. But like, it, is am I gonna be able to just do that in a public park? Like, you know, like yeah. it might be big enough. where like, we legitimately need a venue. Yeah. you know, and I'm almost thinking like too, like Varsity Theater in Naco. That place was great, but like, what happens when we get there? I don't there think in it's gonna be big enough, and it's not big enough for us. Yeah. I don't think it's
0: gonna be. I think it. I think. Oh man, it's gonna be crazy. We may need to go back to the Mall of America, baby. Hey, we'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah they'll want us back now
0: yeah that's crazy okay um i want to know then okay so that was kind of the forward thinking of what kendama needs but what do you think has been one of the greatest advancements in kendama in the past two years what is something that you think has been like a really great addition to the community that you want to see more of and then let's talk kendama institute because i know you play a key role there so So maybe your answer is
1: yeah but are you saying advancements in like kendama as a whole or like in the physical kendama
0: no in in the community as a whole. okay i I Uh, try not to talk like generally i try to avoid like ken talk you know Yeah, yeah not that it's not important it is but it's like it's so opinionated about shapes and stuff but like culture wise what do you think has been one of the greatest additions to the community
1: boogie t man Boogie T is, I feel like Boogie T is the answer to that. Like, like I just said too. like 70% of the people that like came that have been to the NYC jams that are all new, have all found it within the past year. Every single person that I asked said either Boogie T or Subtronics that they found it from. Subtronics found it from Boogie T. And just like, even like the entire, the majority of like the Dama Fam Incorporated, that started as Boogie T's Dama Club before it was Dama Fam Incorporated. And it's just like like I was saying before, like even going to shows like right before COVID hit, like every single person at these shows, these dubstep shows that I've been going to my entire life, every single person knows exactly what a kendama is. And like people come up and be like, "Yo, you're 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 Austin. You're that kid like, yo, I saw you doing yo do some tricks for me. And like people know me, you know, it's it's like I I really do feel like I I do want to say Kendama Institute as well because they're doing great things. But I, I really can't not say Boogie T.
0: Oh, I, I think and also right
1: thank there. you to Reed Stark for yeah, showing I was Boogie gonna T.
0: Say, yeah, I was going to say, people may point it to Boogie T, but Boogie yeah. T wouldn't be who Boogie T is in the Kendama community if not for Reed Stark. Yeah. Uh, Reed, Reed is someone I love. Because also, yeah, Boogie ahead. did know what Kendama
1: was before. There was another DJ uh, that was very not like very deep into kendama but he played kendama and he you know he kind of showed around some of the other people so boogie had known what kendama was but until reed put one in his hand, and and i'm, I'm sure if any of you have met reed you know exactly what he's like and it's he'll get you he'll, he'll get you into it and uh yeah you, got can't, boogie you can't you can't not
0: love kendama after you've met reed yeah Dude, uh, reed, yeah reed's a good time like, mild shout out to Reed here. I mean, I've given him lots of, lots of shout outs. I would love to get him on the show one day, but honestly, people just need to go listen to his interview on the Dominards because it's fantastic. Uh, I think he has a great episode there. But Reed is one of the best people that could have ever yeah. encountered Kendama. He has done more for Kendama than anyone yeah, will cause... really recognize uh, and understand in terms of what what he's put on for the game and his role yeah. he's played.
1: Yeah. But. He's been one of the absolute biggest players in the role of Kendama.
0: Yeah. And, Kendama and, growth. And he's a backbone to what's happening at suites, right? Like, I think, I don't Absolutely, know if he, yeah. is he, maybe, you know, I, I mean, I, I might just have to get him on here and ask him himself, but do you know if he works full time for suites? I can't recall.
1: Um, I don't know a hundred percent if he does work full-time sweets. i mean i know he does like bmx stuff too so yeah. i'm i don't i don't know what full-time even means to him yeah. but um <laughs> I, I, he he definitely does work with suites like very regularly like yeah. even when he's not doing like kendama like yeah. public kendama stuff you know yeah very
0: involved <laughs> I think, in the same way that people talk about Ben Harold as being every pro's favorite pro, I think Reed Stark is every influencer's favorite influencer in, in the Kanama community. Like, we wouldn't have the influencers in the community that we have if not for Reed Stark. Reed Stark really paved the way for what is the new gen marketing standard for big companies like uh, Suites is doing all of these big collabs with. Experts yeah. in their fields like Boogie T, Subtronics. You uh, look at Rico, Wil- uh, Reese Wilson, uh, Downhill Mountain Bike Champ. You look at uh, uh, Juicy Joker. Like that avenue of advertising, influencer marketing yeah. that Sweets Kandamas uses was pinnacle and it started because of Reed Stark ultimately. Yeah. So, and Reed, I don't even like, I need to go back and listen to that episode because I don't even remember how Reed encountered Kandama in the first place. But
1: I think uh, Bjorn showed him. He was friends with Bjorn.
0: Bjorn yeah. Put him on a Kandama. Yeah, so really, it all goes back to Bjorn, <laughs> and who
1: showed Bjorn?
0: Collinson. I don't know. <laughs> but it all goes back to Collinson. It all goes back to Colin And uh, yeah, real quick, I gotta movie.
1: give a, I gotta give a shout out to my boy Squabbles in the chat.
0: squabble nyc gang yo! nyc has been popping in the chat okay uh let's talk about your role at kendama institute and what you're doing there i really want to get josh on here at some point but josh is one of the busiest people in the world it is so hard to to find that space in his schedule and his time but talk to me about what your role is there and why you value kendama institute give us a big plug for it so so kendama institute i value it's just
1: the children of the future you know, it, it's harder with kids because they they'll get into something and they'll fall out of it very fast. But the kids are the future, and the kids like once the kids see it, the families will see it, everybody will see it. But the kids are like that; they're like the driving force behind us. You know, like we're always kind of gonna be here, and we're always kind of gonna be doing our own things, being condom players not doing much. But like as the new people get into it, the ch- the children are that's what we need. One of the big things we need to focus on as well. And Kandama Institute does a great job from that. And besides just even getting more people to into Kandama, like I've said too, like Kandama has been the best teacher in my entire life for mental health. And just like every, just the main, the way my mind works is like, thanks to Kandama and, you know, and just being able to share that with children. And I think it's something that it's, it's hard to find, uh, as as a young child to like find like, you know, comfort and failure and like just all these things that we talk about that Kandama do, does with growth mindset and everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not easy for kids, you know, and Kandama is one of those too where like kids that are extremely unathletic that you know, that that, you know, can't really fit in with the other friends any, everywhere. Like everybody does Kandama. And when we're at schools, we make sure every single person gets stoked on Kandama, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like I've said too like, we've had literally like, three-year-old, like, special needs children get stoked on Kendama, mm. you know, and it's, they don't need to do a big cup to get stoked on Kendama. There's no. other ways to do that, and yeah. it's, it's, it's really a beautiful thing to see, especially, like, going to schools and, like, a teacher will be like, oh, this kid, you're gonna have to keep an eye on that kid. He's, like, bad. He's gonna be messing around and, like, he'll, he will might mess around a little bit, but, like, I've seen some of those kids be, like, hooked on Dhamma and they're like, I've never seen this kid like this, you know? Yeah, yeah man. And it's, it's just a really cool thing. Te- te-
0: teaching kids is a whole like part of kendama that so many people overlook and the value there and what you can do and see someone's face light up by landing their first big cup is one of the most satisfying feelings in the world i don't think you could pay enough money to get that like to see someone's eyes light up and the joy that they've accomplished something or conquered something is incredible i used to work at camps a lot especially through my college years and i would bring out like a box of kendamas when i'd go out and i'd be working there for the summer be there for weeks i'd drop in at different camps i traveled as a college recruiter and i brought kendama everywhere and it like became my staple of communication it became a tool for me to to add value to the conversation or not just be like a person but actually be an educator or a teacher and like seeing these kids pick it up play with it draw inspiration and then conquer something was one of yeah. the most valuable things i drew out of that yeah. entire experience to watch someone's face go from like oh i'm not very good at this to landing something and say like wait a minute i can do something i can do it yeah I, like wh- like
1: blowing a child's mind and then teaching them how to blow their own mind is one of the coolest <laughs> yes. processes that I've learned how to do through Kendama Institute.
0: Yeah. I, and and,
1: you, and like hearing the kids say, like yeah. after we do like the little like reflection circles or whatever and be like, how'd that make you feel? How this, this and like, you know, mm-hmm. kids, they speak their mind. And when they say things that like, we haven't told them yet, that like Kendama has like taught us, you know, essentially. And when they'll be like, oh, like be like, oh, I, I'm, it's hard to think of an example, but like, yeah
0: yeah totally. but but i think i think i get it and i I think the community gets it too like that's listening into this i I think it's really beautiful i want to give like a a soft shout out to uh, jacob schultz because jacob schultz has been
1: he has been absolutely killing it in the school
0: yeah i do know much of that story i honestly haven't talked to him much about it i don't
1: know much to be honest
0: but all i know is that on his stories every now and then he's been working with a class of students teaching them kanama all year long And Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the most unrecognized things that he's been doing throughout the year. And it's such a value. To that community and in such a cool opportunity and he did it in the midst of covid like he's rolling yeah. into this class of kids wearing his mask on showing up with kendamas teaching them skills educating them and you can see the like progression of these kids and at the end of the year now he like showed some photos or videos it's like they've grown they love yeah, him they've, absolutely. Loved they've learned from him and it's it's so cool to see him do that he's not even graduated high. he just graduated it's like yeah you don't have to be an adult with a business with a job to do that just go do it
1: You just got to have the love for Kandama.
0: You just got to love it. And if you love it, it. you will share it with other people. You got to
1: love it. You got to do it.
0: Yeah, man. Shout out to anyone who's ever done anything like that for Kandama. Like we said earlier in the conversation, I think everybody goes through two phases of Kandama. What can you get out of Kandama for you personally? And then what can you give back to Kandama? And I think once you hit that second phase of your journey in Kandama, there's a whole nother love and passion for the game. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Okay, I want to know maybe one more question from me. And then if anyone else from the chat has some questions, or anything else that you want to touch on, we'll we'll touch on it. I got lots of time here. But I had one last question that I think you'd be a great voice into uh, is, who is someone that we should all be following? Or what is something we should all be keeping our eye on in the community that you see? especially from history or from the economic community or whatever's going on now, I feel like you have an acute eye for things that are happening that doesn't go super notice from your perspective. What, what would that be? Um, what should we be paying attention to? Just, just new players, I guess, man, you know, my boxes keep
1: falling, but I mean, (laughs) I've been doing I guess a less job of that. I've I've been trying to stay not as active on my social medias as much recently. You know, I'm still posting on my story, but like even like I when I go on Instagram, if you're not the first post, I'm probably not gonna scroll and see it. But um just like new people, man. I just just because, like the amount of like times like I'll just like leave a comment and then like make someone's day and like they'll DM me and be like, Thank you so much, like et cetera, et cetera. Like just keep doing that. Whether you think you're somebody or not in the kendama community and people know who you are go give out likes follow random people people that look are doing nothing with a kendama they could like be playing completely wrong learning whatever but just like keep an eye out for them and and push them and make them know that they are they are welcome and that they are you know they're here for a good time and and show them who we are as kendama that we are a family and that they're you know they are more than welcome but um yeah Dude. I don't know if that was a great answer, but... Uh, it's always a good answer. Just, just Dude, new you, people, man. Keep an eye out for
0: new people. Dude, I think, Austin, you you have some of the best answers to questions. and And I think that comes partly in part because you're so engaged in the community and you've been so involved in the history that you see the story, you see Kanama as more than just a ball in a cup, which I think a lot of people miss that, and they, they, you know a lot of people don 't have the same depth of answers towards the questions that we 'll ask and it 's like no, you, you get the point, you get the story that 's being told and the, and the, the journey that we 're on, and you see where it 's going, and I think you have a high enough picture of that and a high level view to really have a great perspective on the game itself and so like props to you, man, I think you have one of the best perspectives on the Kanama community that that a lot of people need to hear more of. Uh, sir, I was thinking this I was like dude Austin don't start a podcast you'll steal all my listeners <laughs> <laughs> I've I've thought about it before I've had
1: people hit me up to try and start you a should, podcast like, before it's it's not it, it may, maybe it'll be something in the future but it's, it's not at the top of my list and the things that I want to branch out into Kendama world I have a lot of things that I'm kind of like working on behind the scenes right now that you know uh will probably become public sooner or later maybe not you know just behind the scenes type <laughs> stuff too but uh Podcast has been on my mind, and it's, it's not towards the top of my list as of right now.
0: Yeah, so you and I good. might need to, to start up. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you and I, we're, we're going to start a, a second show, and it's going to just be you and me riffing on whatever's happening that, that month of Kendama. We'll, we'll come to the table with you know our own talking points. We'll be like, oh, let's talk about this. I think it's going to be super fun.
1: Even John John says it too. Austin has the best voice in the game. I have been being told since I was a child, before I had developed <laughs> my full voice, that they're like, you should do radio talking.
0: Dude, I had the funniest encounter with someone. I, I've, I've heard that too from people. I was at an airport in Winnipeg when I was working as a college recruiter. And I was on the phone with a student that I was talking to. And then this older guy comes up behind me, taps me on the shoulder. And he says, have you ever thought about doing a career in radio? Because you just have a fantastic voice for radio. And I was like, this is the weirdest compliment I've ever received from someone. And <laughs> yeah, I think but- it's, such a, it's such a weird compliment to receive because it's like you don't control it. It's just your yeah. voice. It's just how you talk. There's, yeah, I've
1: definitely gotten that compliment a handful of times. So that, and and
0: Cody Booth, Cody Booth yeah, also absolutely.
1: I love, dude. I swear, he'll be on sometimes on the Twitch or like in a Zoom or something, and like he'll hit a button. I swear <laughs> he does. He has an he has an octave change, and his voice drops lower. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, what did you just do? And he's like, this is just my voice. <laughs> but yeah. Uh,
0: we're we're gonna get we're gonna get you Cody Booth and me. We're gonna run a three way uh, podcast uh, once a month where we would just come on with the different talking points and we'll all have our voice mods on, talking in deep voices, and, <laughs> and it'll just be Down. It'll- <laughs> sign me up. I think I think that would be super funny. I, I think, actually, that could be some really good content, too. <laughs> um, okay, I'm curious. Outside of Kendama, are there other pieces of content that you do consume? Obviously, you really love baseball. Uh, obviously, you probably have other passions. What else are you really passionate about outside of Kendama? Um,
1: baseball was my first true love. Uh, it's, I I'll say I'm not as deep into baseball as I was when I was a child, like watching it every single day, keeping up with the stats, but like, I'll still have on the Yankee game on like daily when it in the back, I still do my fantasy baseball. Um, music as well is a very large passion of mine. I unfortunately don't play any instruments. I do know how to DJ, if you will. I have it. I have a mixer sitting right next to me. I do that as a hobby. I've never like performed, although it, it might be something I'd like to cross off on a bucket list one day. But uh, I'm very big in music, too, and just like listening to music and and like uh, like one thing I always say is not just hearing music, but actually listening to music and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, discovering new artists within the realms of music that I like to listen to, which is mainly hip hop, uh, dubstep, specifically rhythm Mm -hmm. and uh, metal. Yeah. and other walks of edm world because i i was born in edm you know my mom was deep in the 90s underground rave scene i was driving the car <laughs> that that's the music i grew up on you know i grew up on minimal 90s tech and minimal house
0: that's crazy so do you go to a lot of festivals then
1: oh yeah all the time you, well not, ever... not all the time but like say pre-covid there i'd probably hit like two or three during the summer and then going to shows once a week throughout the whole year yeah do you uh,
0: you ever been to shambhala I have not, but it is absolutely on my bucket list. Yeah, I've never been. There's a part of me that wants to go just because it's such a cultural piece in, in Kendama now because of Boogie T and the EDM yeah. space. Apparently, mm-hmm. it's very common to see uh, kendamas at Shambla. And I also know the guys that do all the media for it now. Because oh. they're, they're based out of Calgary. That mm-hmm. One of the teams that does a lot of the media. Josh Murray in the chat uh they are oh, they homies man. they they love Kanama. they're the guys that helped put on brew battle this past year they're honestly some of the coolest people ever and they're the guys that do a lot of the media behind uh shambhala and awesome. uh so i feel like i need to go out there someday to yeah, experience Shambhala's it for been, myself shambhala
1: has been a, a festival that's been on my list since like forever like more than 10 years i've been wanting to go to that place you know
0: yeah i think it'd be so cool i think i bet you in like maybe two or three years we'll see at edm festivals like kendama comps or kendama events at the festival like there'll be a stage or whatever i think i might have some
1: uh, we might have something coming for you in the next couple months oh yeah can you tell us more or is it a
0: um is this a secret I, i don't
1: so it's i if as of like a few days ago like a few days ago like i had got some word that like what we had initially planned on doing may not be happening anymore but we will be doing something to some extent but i'll say uh i'm pretty sure we'll be at big dub doing kendama stuff um i don't know the extent of it right now so more of that information will become public as we get closer to that weekend but yeah we're, I'm, I'm working on it i'm i'm definitely working on a. Uh, Kendama penetrating the festival scene. Um, okay. me, me and Sweets behind the scenes had very, very large plans for that um, yeah. going into the 2020 summer, which, which obviously didn't happen. But yeah, very large plans in that realm.
0: That's super hype, man. That's really cool. I can't wait to see more of that stuff. I want to see, I want to see Kendama infiltrate the X games as well. And obviously that's happening a little bit with, uh, with um, like Reed Stark and some of the other guys in that space, Boo Johnson, Hobie Doan, you name it, all those guys. I want to see that happen there in the same way that it's happened at EDM. It hasn't been adopted by the skate scene in the same way that it was culturally accepted into EDM. It's still kind of a weird outside, you know, like they know what it is because of, you know, characters in that space. Yeah. But they, it's not the same level of adoption. You don't roll up to a skate park and everybody's like sashing on the side. Maybe you do at some places, but I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Anyways, I'm excited to see what happens with event collabs and crossovers. I'm waiting for the day. I think for me, I see this happening in within five years where Red Bull hosts the Kanama event.
1: I think that... Hey, I mean, we've had Red Bulls... Red Bull's been to like Battle at the Border,
0: like mm-hmm. Red Bull girls coming, handing out stuff. I, I think there will be like legitimate Red Bull sponsorships within five years for players too where they're like... Oh, um, somebody, I dare a Kanama player
1: to get sponsored by Red Bull not named Max Norcross. Please, I would love to see it. Max would lose
0: <laughs> it. He'd be so upset. I, I, I'm, I'm keen. I want to see... I want to see some coffee uh, sponsorships rolling out. That's not a thing. Like there's no, like there is like loosely brand affiliations and like influencers for coffee companies, but not like Red Bull. Red Bull literally invented the game of influencer marketing. I think everybody like points it to Gymshark or all these other companies out there, but Red Bull was ahead of the curve when it came to doing influencer marketing. That's literally how they built their brand off of crazy stunts with the best people in their fields and best sports. And Kenama is right for them to come in and say like, hey, Let's blow this sport up. And Red Bull has the, the power to do that with Actually, their media agency. Actually,
1: I'm, I'm thinking right now, Red Bull has played a part. I believe Red Bull helped in Catch and Flow. Catch and Flow, yep. And I have this DVD which I won on Dominards. there was a uh, break stuff contest where you had to talk oh. about, give a story about something you had broke with a Kendama. And I had a, uh, I guess, a award-winning story of me breaking a 40-inch television when I was younger on Kendama. Shoot. And Rod sent me this DVD. And I actually have not watched it yet, but I believe this is a DVD made by Red Bull, filmed by Red Bull, of hours and hours of Kendama content from what? Catch and Flow 2014. Yeah.
0: What?! Yo, you gotta rip that and send me a file on oh, that. Ho-ho, I'll
1: oh, ho. We'll see what I can do. That's insane. But yeah, that's this is, cool. I mean, I don't see the Red Bull logo on here anywhere, but I'm like ninety percent sure that that's what this is. That's really cool. Yeah, you so, should watch that. Let- so Red Bull, Red Bull was a uh, a big proponent in Catch and Flow, but I think G Shock, G Shock was too big, and they they yeah. took the reins of Catch and Flow, which the is insane still.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I I genuinely think like Kandama is very Kandama like empowered right now. I'm waiting to see when companies outside of Kandama start investing more. Obviously, Sony has sponsored NACO, but it's not like brand affiliation because the moment that those brands start promoting Kandama content, that's the difference. It's like right now, those brands are coming in and trying to gain our audience, but right now they aren't promoting our audience. So like Sony's not resharing Kandama content or anything like that via their channels. That's not the place we're at yet, but Red Bull would be, I think one of the companies that would do that and could do that. And obviously they have their media house and they've blown up individual sports all around the world from like that like pole climbing jumping on the sand yeah, from dude. rolling stuff. flights off of espn Eight the Ocho type stuff yeah it's crazy it's great i think it's super cool man anyways all that to say i i don't think i have like any other specific questions but was there anything else that you wanted to talk about while we while we got you on here today anything Ooh, that mean... you feel we missed I'm going to be honest
1: I didn't really put much thought into like what we'd be talking about. I was kind of just like hey we're going to wing it and uh, go in there and just talk about what we talk about. So I, I didn't come with anything to to uh, you know that I need uh, we need to talk about this. But Dude, uh, I I we, hardly we've had everything we, we talked about about Y C, we talked about you know where how I found Kendama um you know it got a lot of stuff in in the future coming in store, you know, a lot of in different walks of I got my hands dipped in a lot oh, of pots yeah. right now in the, in the
0: behind-the-scenes Kanama world. It's a jam-packed episode. Uh, one of the, oh, yeah, one, one thing I wanted to ask. I know that you had done this two years ago. Uh, we had talked about this ahead of time, but uh, you had done a big statistical analysis of uh, Kanama World Cup. Uh, you talk all about that on the Dominers episode. People really need to go listen to that because I think it's fascinating. Uh, do you think you're going to end up doing that for this year's Kanama World Cup by doing a breakdown of time-to-complete tricks for points and all that stuff?
1: I don't think so. I mean, there's so like, ever since I did that, I look at the World Cup in a completely different way. And it's like the second the tricks come out, my head is going to those type of statistics, you know. And like where I see tricks and be like, these tricks are level elevens or this, and you know, I have all these like hot takes on like I guess the World Cup tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that it's it's still online and it's a little loose i don't know how much effort i want to actively put into it um i'll probably still do a little bit of like digging and like i've, I've even said to like like nick gallagher Bill, i was like bro if you want me to like i will formulate you the statistical best run you could put together and like stuff like that but like i don't yeah. know how deep i'm gonna get into it this year but uh, it, it's definitely something I've thought about. Maybe maybe I will get into it because I just America needs to take that title back. Whether yeah. it's Canada, whether it's USA, <laughs> America needs to take that title back. So I've thought about like making a video, but like maybe maybe next the next year when it's like official, the World Cup in person, like yeah. we'll make a video, English only, be like, this is how we're gonna win this we're, year. We're gonna beat Japan. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna moneyball Japan right now. Dude, I love that.
0: Uh, I think that's hilarious and I think it's super cool actually one of the things that I thought that you you in particular could potentially undertake at some point not that I'm like into gambling by any means but you know in the sports world there's like DraftKings and all these things these like avenues of like betting and you can like gamble on the statistical analyses of players winning stuff doing breakdowns and obviously we have a little bit of that happening with challenge and creating brackets and stuff. But I want to see someone next level that and be like, "All right, here are the odds on this oh, person winning that's... versus that person, and we are taking bets." Do you want to? It, it, it
1: hasn't been done statistically yet, but it has been done.
0: Oh yeah! If, so... if, if
1: you if you go to World Cup, there will be somebody walking around with a little book that has made odds for every player that made the finals, and you give him how much money, and if that player wins, you will get however much money you get you bet get back. That's there is somebody you... at the World Cup that does do that, and I did bet. Did you win? no i put uh, i took i took a bad i took very low i think it was like eight to one odds on like parker johnson twenty nineteen i was like parker you win in the world cup this year you, you better, better learn win. <laughs> but uh that's yeah, awesome that's no, fun
0: that's so cool yeah. i'm not like i'm not i'm not a big proponent or advocate for gambling, but i think that there's a part of it that i think is super like fascinating Gambling's i love the, i love the statistical side of it i love i the, like, I like Gambling's
1: fun because it makes things fun. Not necessarily the <laughs> money aspect because that could get very greedy and it could really put people down in a dark place with gambling. But gambling to make stuff more exciting is, is a great time. You know, just like watching sports with my friend be like, "Oh, five dollars on the game. Or like we <laughs> used to like I used to watch uh in college one of my friends we used to bet uh dollar bets on balls and strikes.
0: Oh and yeah, yeah. He
1: was not like a baseball player, so I'd like end with like fifteen dollars by the end of the game. Them out. Or, like, we'd even do a, one of the most fun things to ever bet on. Just hear me out here. Set up Super Smash, put on the computers, pick a player, bet on them. Ooh. And just watch. And you That's and your friends will get so heated. More heated than if you were playing. And it's a great time.
0: Yeah, I think... But, yeah, so, bet,
1: betting betting's fun if, if you know how to handle yourself.
0: Yeah, I think making people are talking about this in the chat, it's blowing up right now, but making like a kendama fantasy. A fantasy bait yeah.
1: A fantasy I've definitely thought about I've definitely thought about a fantasy kendama and like how that
0: might work. Yo, that, that could be some next level fun stuff. And also this, could, this could be your that. gateway to making financial, yeah, no. you know, progress in the kendama community. <laughs> a lot needs to bookie. be
1: done. A <laughs> lot needs to be done before that happens.
0: Oh, I think so. I think It, it would be a
1: really cool thing to see.
0: Did you listen to the episode that I did with Matt Sweets like a couple months back?
1: Uh, not yet. I'm still catching up. I'm, I'm sorry. So you uploading them all, I'm going from like one <laughs> on. So it might take one, me a while to get yeah, there. Yeah, you
0: got, you got quite the journey. I, I recommend skipping to that one and listening to that one because we dive in into a conversation on competitions uh, later in the episode. And I propose this idea. It's, I've talked about this a bunch. I think you even heard me talk about this on like a live another time. This idea of creating an MMR based ranking system for players in a confined league of Kanama where it was a uh, competition that way so that you'd actually have a points-based system not a win-based system so it wasn't about who yeah. won the comp but it was similar about to a
1: glocan, won. glocan attempted that years ago yeah. and uh, they did it for one year and it was really cool yeah and there was not much after that
0: yeah exactly but... so we need to have a system or a structure in place but if that kind of a system doesn't have to be the system i propose but a system where we had a better metric for gauging the player's yeah. skill not just based on comp wins but having like a statistical breakdown of like, oh, this person wins more matches, gets this trick more than that trick. And so the real statistical breakdown of players, then all of a sudden the betting world opens up because it's like, oh, this person's rating is a 1400 versus that person who's a 1200. The odds are 1.2 to one or whatever it is for that person. I'm
1: going to make you very happy this year, Adam. Are you working on this? <laughs> I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm working on a lot of things. I got my hands dipped in a lot of different pots in the, the behind-the-scenes
0: Kendama scene. Dude, I've been preaching this for a while. I'm so excited. If you, if you make this a reality in, in some capacity for me, I will. I don't know what I'd do, but I would do something.
1: <laughs> like I said, Kanda, one of the things Kendama needs is absolutely more documentation. And as, as more players are coming into the game and are absolutely clueless about what has gone on in the past yeah. 10, 15 years documentation is huge
0: dude and, I, and, and you're the guy that's killing it right now doing that right and and that's what stuff like this is that's what preview that's what dominance, that's what bevels yeah. advocate all yeah. of all this of these is huge these that's Asian... why i'm
1: such a big advocate for like these yeah. types of things because it's just like so many new players like like i remember like five years four years ago it's starting to be the thing but like oh my god there are Kanama players that don't know who colin sander was and i was like yeah. losing my mind and this so i was like how in how in the world would they know who he is you know yeah and it's like that's the thing is we need we yeah we need like kendama we've done a very bad job as kendama players of keeping track of our history but uh
0: yeah no exactly though and i think you're right that that's been one of my biggest like okay that's what we need in the next five years in order to hit the x factor to hit that button that's going to scale us because the moment that we can create the structure and the system for kendama to grow with then all of a sudden it's like the ball is in play. We can, we can play the game for as long as we want. We just need to do it. And it's we're there. We're so close to it. And if you're working on that, dude, you just literally got my heart pumping. Man, I'm stoked!
1: See, the thing is, what you said, too, is we just need to do it. And the problem with Kendama players is that oh, we please. just like to play Kendama. We just want to play Kendama. We want to do nothing else but play Kendama. And so when, like, these things come up that, like, need to be done and nobody does, they're, like, they sit there and nobody does them for a long well, time. Well, but...
0: Pa- pa- Part of it is that same factor that i was talking about is like we we it's it's a very time intensive energy intensive project and yeah, if you it, aren't it, financially it, yeah. compensated it's really hard to get motivated to actually create those things it's like the more that we can get more people on payroll from kendama the more that kendama is going to grow and we're going to refine those systems in my opinion that's that's my that's yeah that's my logic i could be wrong i could be off base but
1: but yeah the wheels are turning dude i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we're gonna have a
0: follow-up episode with austin in a couple months we're gonna we're gonna have to dive into that a little bit more that dude that gets me so friggin' pumped you have no idea uh get me in that conversation man i need it
1: <laughs> austin, see where things go
0: dude thank you so much for jumping on here seriously thank you for having much. me you are a deep well of kanama wisdom knowledge and history and I think this is an episode that people need to listen to. So if you are listening to this episode live or you've just caught up to it via the podcast, make sure that you go uh, review it, leave a five-star if you like the show, uh, share this with other people you think that need to listen to this and make sure that you are going and following Austin and engaging in his journey because his journey is worth engaging in. Austin, your Instagram handle is? At Austin Donovan. At Austin Donovan. Uh, who, what else should they be following? Uh, New York? Is there a New York page?
1: There is, a, we do have a Ken YC page. It's at Ken YC underscore Kendama. Follow that and also go give Swiss Kendamas a follow if you're not already. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Any, anybody listening to this, feel free to reach out to me at any given time, at anything about Kendama. Uh, I may not get back to you immediately, but uh, I will get back to you. Uh, you know, whether it's just like a, you need a tip on a trick or something like that, or you got a question about Kendama, you're scared to ask people, don't be scared to ask me. Uh, I'm always open. Um, I'm more than happy to talk to any of you.
0: Yeah, uh, despite yeah. his New York nature, he is a friendly person. <laughs> Absolutely. Very friendly. Yeah. I, might, I might be intimidating, but I'm very friendly. <laughs> if you can uh, wrap us up here uh, by giving one last piece of wisdom to the community, you know, close it off, but in the best New York style closing that you could possibly give us, lay it on us.
1: Like a like, a just one second. We're out of here. Thing or like
0: no, like give it. I, I always like to leave the ball in in the, the per in in the guest court to give some imparting wisdom to the community. But but I'm gonna put it on you to do it in the best New York way possible. Are you are you are you more emphasizing on the wisdom and the New York? You you take it as as you wish.
1: Brewview, ladies and gentlemen, everybody here. I love you all. Kandama, keep playing it. Don't ever stop playing Kandama. You're gonna do this for the rest of your life. You're gonna love it. I love you. I love Adam. I love Kendama. Just keep playing Kendama. Do it because you love it. If you don't love it, then find ways to love it. There's a way for you to find to love it. There's love in Kendama for you. I swear. I swear on my life. And if you can't, hit me up and I will help you love Kendama. And if you don't want to love Kendama, that's okay. But find something. Love it. Invest in yourself and you will manifest the power of the universe and you will have anything at your grasp. You can do it, Kendama taught me that, but you can do it with anything. Keep it going, keep it going, we're going, baby. Anything you could do in your life, you could do with Kendama. Kendama has opened my eyes to so many things, the impossible things that were so impossible. Remember when I said if you could do a lunar flip, you were the best in the world? Well, guess what? If all of you that are listening to this playing Kendama 10 years ago, you'd be the best in the world. You're breaking the laws of physics right now. We have expanded, and we are continuously, exponentially expanding. Hop on the train, baby. Kendama. And that
0: (laughs) is a wrap. Mm. Eh. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for everybody tuning in and listening. Make sure you are following Austin. Make sure you are tuning into every episode that is coming out. And go check out the Patreon. Go get some coffee from Onyx Coffee Lab. Save some money with that coupon code BrewView10. And we will catch you back here next week for another episode. Awesome. Peace out. Much love. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Preview. I'm always super excited about every guest that we get to have on here, and I hope you learned something new about Kendama or the people behind the tricks. As always, please let me know your feedback or suggestions of guests that we should have on the episodes, and stay caffeinated.